Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. And you can do that all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, and this is my personal testimony, of course, I feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A and polls has let me be creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Previously on Lonely Boys. You decided this was the way to impress KC? What? Fuck. I would never call Jack. (laughs) You might convince me more if you weren't the only one who knew about the problem. Blair. Blair? You call Jack? (laughs) Well, well, you have the liquor license. What does it matter who called who to get it? Jack is the last person I would call for help still mad from before it's clouding your judgment this is not about last week it's about you blair it's the reason why i couldn't say i love you it's not a game it's because i knew i couldn't trust you it did this because i love you be that as it may i have a club to open and you're no longer invited fine s come on we're leaving blair i'm sorry i'm gonna stay with chalk <laughs> Eppery Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys Podcast. My name is Matt. I am one of your titular Lonely Boys, and I'm here to break down Season 3, Episode 8 of Gossip Girl, The Grandfather Part 2. I am not here by myself. I'm here with someone uh, whose only value is his social network, Brendan Ruppel. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, I am your co-host, of course, the Creepy Uncle of Podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, Dale Hoda, Cream Nation. Recording live as always from the Creamatorium, your editor-in-chief at Cream Weekly, is here to report for duty um yeah I mean, I, i'm more of like a social network the movie kind of guy oh, okay i love i love a good jt on the big screen yeah um i want to agree like i don't think jt is much of one of the all-time screen, actors but, <laughs> yeah one of the all-time actors <laughs> in movies i guess um i've never seen the social network actually it is on my list it is one of yeah, the fine. one of the bigger movies that I've, I've never seen i've heard it's very good i when i was younger like because that came out what yeah, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but we were we were in like it's probably say like twenty eleven. Sure. So we were I was like maybe sixteen, seventeen. Um I didn't really have a taste for anything at that point in life and I usually just like saw things and I was like, That was good. I like that. I think to that point the only movie I ever seen... I, I fact checked myself. Okay, so definitely sixteen at the oldest. Um uh, the only thing I had disliked to that point was the movie Nacho Libre, which I dragged I dragged my whole family to and they were all so mad at me. Um, my fav it's famously my least favorite movie of all time. And I I saw that as an adult. And loved it. It's actually so a really good rewatch. It's actually fucking hysterical. So please do yourself watched a favor. It, watched it twice. Hated it both times. Do it again. One more time. Third, third time uh, I short. will never. I'm not. I listen. It's gotten two strikes already. I don't need to give it a third. Yeah. But my, my point is that I thought it was fine when I was basically a kid. Um, so if I thought it was fine then, there's no chance. I With my refined palette of movies now, uh, I, I definitely don't think it's worth a watch. And I know people are, people are clamoring for your 2010 movie takes, but we, we have a guest waiting. <laughs> I also love the here. Avatar. <laughs> really good movie. 
yeah. Uh, if you want to hear more stories about, or... uh, well, that's that's also pretty good. If you want to hear more about uh, stories of us watching, I guess just me watching Avatar, tune into. I don't know what episode it is, but there's definitely a few references of me making out. Really, just want to bring that up again to brag. Yeah. I'm trying to get to, right. to be a part of the bingo board in the future. <laughs> okay, great. Well, Brendan, we have another return guest here. It's it's not his first time here. Yeah. It's not it, even his second time That's why time I knew here. I could waste time. He's now the third member of the Three Timers Club. Please welcome back to the podcast, Brian Scally. Scally, how are you? Hello. Oh, hello, hello. I'm good. You know, I wasn't sure why you came up to me complimenting my bag, but uh, <laughs> happy to stand in here, uh, jump in. <laughs> wasn't sure I was going to sneak in on season three, so very glad that uh, I uh, hope it wasn't too serious, but that someone dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't think it was serious at all. They are they were uh, quote-unquote too they're busy. Deceased. <laughs> <laughs> they're deceased. <laughs> Not yeah, too serious. Um, <laughs> I, I had to talk to you about your bag because it's been on Maddie's Most Wanted for forever. I, I need to have this bag. <laughs> Maddie's oh. Most Wanted. <laughs> um, Scally, how, how have you been? How, how how much Gossip Girl have you have you been watching since your last appearance? I've been great. I've taken it a little slower because I don't think that the booking is quite out through uh, season six. But I have done a pretty good amount of booking. Wanted to make sure that if I wasn't going to be there on season eight on season three, I was going to be there in season four. So I have watched nice. through season four. So it's not quite progressing at the exact speed of the podcast, but we still have work to do on Gossip well, Girl, man. Got your spot on season four, and here you you have it. You have a spot on season three as well. So I'm also surprised um, you don't have a booking through season six at this point. <laughs> I've been trying to wait. I wanted my takes to evolve, you know, go through, uh, but no, it's fine. I uh, definitely was interesting to go back and now revisit an early season three episode here. Um, I, I can't remember uh, who your favorites and least favorites were. I, I immediately forget those as soon as everyone everyone says them every week. But have they evolved at all? Have they have they changed in the last in the last season since you've been on? Um, I don't know that they have. I feel like maybe early on I was a little uh, higher on Serena and Dan than I have come to be at this point in the series, kind of bored um, by them in general. But um, I'm still a Dorota guy, even though I don't think she makes an appearance here. And, no. uh, you know, still a Chuck boy. So is nice. what it oh, yeah. is. I think my most I controversial mean... here was uh, not being a Jenny fan. Oh, okay. yes. Well, Jenny also, you picked a good time to come in for with, with that this yeah. this episode. Jenny, at the very least, doesn't have a bad episode after her historically no, bad episode yeah. last last week. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Dorota not here, unfortunately. Chuck, I mean, he doesn't. I mean, it's not one of his you know best episodes. He doesn't do anything like tremendously quote worthy, but he is at least the voice of reason, I guess, yeah. throughout the episode. Voice of reason so, like that. Uh, he's he's got a, a net positive episode where everybody else kind of has a medium to bad. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this yeah. episode. Uh, very excited to get into it. So let's let's do just that. Olivia says something she regrets during her appearance on Jimmy Fallon's talk show and tries to keep Dan from finding out. With election day around the corner, Nate suspects his grandfather will stop at nothing to get his cousin Trip elected to Congress. In the midst of another feud with Serena, Blair befriends a new it girl and takes her to an election night party at Chuck's hotel, hoping to make Serena jealous. Meanwhile, Vanessa becomes upset with Nate because of his schemes during the election. Gotta say, this week... 
we hit the nail on the head perfectly. We had a Halloween episode of the show, this and, is we, crazy. and we recorded it on Halloween <laughs> this week. It is an election day episode. We are recording wow. on election day. We did it again. We are podcasting. It's insane. Geniuses. I, I was wearing my I voted sticker while I watched the scene of them wearing their I voted <laughs> stickers. It's nuts. <laughs> and very meta. On, very on the meta. Podcast. And I mean. We really, it, it must seem like we planned this out. It's weird because I was also wearing my Gossip Girl sticker walking into the voting bowls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, always be promoting the podcast. I know, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Did you tell, you told everyone to check out the Lonely Boys? And the, uh, <laughs> I handed out a sticker to sticker everybody there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my write-in. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that was mine too. There was one thing where there was only, uh, only one person running so I, di- I did have to do a write and I, I did write in uh matt and brendan of the lonely boys yes so, that's where you just put your sticker in there uh, hopefully we get elected as uh, as comptroller but uh you know to be determined <laughs> if, be de- if the call comes the call comes <laughs> um all right so brendan it's your time to shine the title of this episode is the grandfather part two do you know after a bit of a slump do you know can you get back on the right track what this uh is title is referencing See, the only way I could fuck this one up is if I have a sort of uh, misspeak, and I just—I almost <laughs> just said the the title verbatim. Uh, like this, uh, this one's the grandfather part two. <laughs> Take your time, Brendan. Okay, Take here we your go. Time. The he ball pressed. is on a tee right now. All you have to do is hit it. <laughs> and then you're gonna tell me that there, there's like a, a, an extra half to the, the title that I was missing. <laughs> um, it's it's the Godfather part two. Very good. I'm, I'm very now... glad we skipped to the Godfather part two. We never get a, a title of the Godfather. In Gossip Girl. That's not true. We had the we grandfather. Do. Oh, we do. Okay, we had good. the grandfather last season. Yeah, that's Thank why God. this is the grandfather part two. Oh, am I going to get docked for that? Yeah, I'm going to go back <laughs> to the season two and get you. Minus a point five. Yeah, minus a point. Sorry. Um, <laughs> now, yes, of course, the Godfather part two, grandfather part two. Very great name of an episode. <laughs> very funny. Um, yeah, I can appreciate this, one, at least. this one. I usually hate the titles. This one's funny. I like it. Yeah, you are very critical of the title, so you know I haven't given uh, him enough shit this this uh, season. So I'm I'll get back to it next week. I'm sure. It's because you, I've been giving you shit. You've been bombing with the title. I know. I can't, you, I can't get out of my own. Been head. able to get a word in. Exactly. Original air date November second, two thousand nine, and um, so it starts with a uh, you know little montage here. Serena making front page headlines headlines again with uh, her relationship with Patrick. And Olivia are in bed. Uh, they're they're spooning each other. Chuck is exiting his hotel. Yeah, I mean you can just tell that Chuck is a legitimate businessman. He just he just looks like it. Ever since he got his uh, new club up and running with that fake liquor license, he's just a legitimate businessman. And also Nate, very important uh, somehow. All of our characters <laughs> seem to be seem to be flourishing off, off the bat here. <laughs> this is one of the episodes where I was thinking like halfway through, especially when we see Nate in that suit that's way too big for him by the water. I'm like this this guy's clearly nineteen. <laughs> Like, I know these are freshmen and these are all freshmen in college. <laughs> they might still be 18. They're like talking about their careers. Yeah. I love that the actors, though in their mid 20s to late 20s, still yeah. look they still out appear. of place yeah, in these yeah, jobs. It's, it's so crazy. Um, Serena's on the phone with Casey. Their latest client, Patrick Roberts, is one of two men being considered for the lead of a Michael Mann political thriller. Uh, I don't know why this is the plan other than to force the characters' storylines together, but Casey tells Serena that the plan is to get Patrick Roberts' photo taken with politicians at the vanderbilt election party uh, she's like yeah the producers are going to eat it up he, you know he takes pictures with with real politicians of course he'll be cast as a politician like i get that it's a political thriller but still this seems a little far-fetched of, of a plan it just it works out so perfectly how could they not <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so obviously serena will have some trouble with this because uh she's kind of on the outs with the vanderbilts right now but 
Stacey has her repeat PR rule number one. My only value is my social network. Uh, Skelly, isn't this also uh, rule number one of Twitter as well? My only value is my social network? <laughs> yeah, I think that is. I know that Twitter is uh, definitely in quite a state right now, but I think oh, yeah. that's one thing that has not changed. <laughs> yeah, the only value is, is social network. I should switch my uh, switch my bio to, to say that. Um, <laughs> and Casey tells Serena, uh, clean up your mess or clean out your desk, which I, I guess that, that could be the second rule of PR, really. Yeah. And it's a good line. In this in this scene, I don't know if you noticed this. What what is this bracelet that Serena has on? It looks like she has like a house arrest ankle monitor just like on her wrist. I didn't notice this, no. But I've been encountering a a lot of ankle bracelets lately. (laughs) It is a huge box of a bracelet. No, I didn't I didn't notice that. I mean I guess it's some sort of some sort of statement and maybe it was popular in two thousand nine. Um Maybe one of our what fashion experts. Can... What, what is this? What is this statement? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's supposed to be just you know she's uh, a jailbird, not jailbird hot. Ah yes, remembering her times locked up. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Olivia wakes up in the arms. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, good for her. Actually, I like that move from her. Uh, Olivia wakes up in the arms of Dan Humphrey and. They're able to just apparently fuck so much because Vanessa has been out and about shooting the <laughs> documentary about the Vanderbilt campaign. Um, who commissioned this? Like she, she first okay. So she's never around anymore. So Dan and Olivia have the dorm room to themselves. All right, that's great. Um, Dan says she's been completely MIA since she started the documentary. Um, I, I I could not believe that the Vanderbilts were having this amateur filmmaker record their documentary, but it turns out they weren't. Like Nate just is doing Vanessa a favor for some reason, and she's just following them around. I feel like grandfather especially has to hate this girl that's just following them around recording them all the time they're probably like, you have to be like nate why did you let this happen <laughs> why did you let this girl and her shitty camera walk around with us we could hire someone with a real camera like nice equipment yeah. and knows what the fuck if we doing. wanted a documentary like they could hire an actual documentarian not again a college freshman vanessa well it's like imagine like <laughs> yeah. you go into school you're a freshman in college and someone hires you to do the job that you're going to study and you're a freshman like you didn't learn anything yet in that, in that field at all <laughs> you're still very stupid i feel like i feel like grandpa vanderbilt would be actively paying lots of money to keep Vanessa like out of the shots of the real yes. <laughs> I do not want our practices filmed by by an outside observer here. Yeah. We, we need to keep this on the down low here. Uh, Especially like lots for... of boom mics and all the shots too. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you need a boom mic for the documentary? Luckily for grandfather, the only footage that Dan wants to see is Olivia's big Jimmy Fallon appearance. Um, how, how do we feel about Jimmy Fallon here on the podcast? It, like in general or in this episode? In general. No, I mean, in general. I, I don't consider him to be like a great interviewer per se, but I, I could say he is entertaining. Like I don't watch his show at all, but um, I, I don't dislike the where, where Where is he entertaining you if you don't watch his show? Like he, he, <laughs> You see some clips here <laughs> and there. Mostly, <laughs> mostly whenever... Fever pitch? Whenever T-Swift comes out with an album, I pretty much see those clips, and that's really it. <laughs> <laughs> so I like her, I guess, more than I like him. <laughs> Maybe that's okay, what I'm great. realizing. Allie, uh, are you a Jimmy Fallon guy at all? I can't say that I am. I don't think I'm like wholly negative on Jimmy Fallon, but I feel like I just more so like roll my eyes every time he comes yeah. on screen. Yeah, I hate Jimmy Fallon. I feel like I've been saying it for like at least 10 years about how he's yeah. one of my least favorite people in the world. Uh, I can't stand him. <laughs> I Recently, like, a few weeks ago, I was uh, taking my break with someone and he was like, yeah, so I, I was at the game yesterday. And I was I was in I was in this I was in a suite. I was right next to Jimmy Fallon, and I started giving my whole uh, diatribe about how much I hate Jimmy Fallon. He's like, oh, he's kind of a close personal friend, actually. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, well. And he's like, well, no, it's cool. I know, you know, him. people don't like him, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I really so put I, my foot in my mouth. I, I see. I, I just like the people that like watch him as their main talk show host more than I just like the guy himself. It just kind of says a lot more about show, you know, like I, yeah. Oh boy! We, we, we obviously don't have to get into it. But. 
But, yeah. Not to call out who you're with, but it feels like a weird move to name drop your close family friend, <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> Fallon. Right. <laughs> like, you wouldn't believe why... who was there. Yeah, that's, actually, that's he, we're really close. Yeah, like, what was the story, actually? <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why I, before I went into this, I asked both of you how you feel about Jimmy Fallon first. So I didn't, I've learned from my mistakes. So he's got a lot of family, yeah. Do the same thing. Yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of people out there going to sporting events with. <laughs> so... Olivia is clearly uncomfortable about her recent Fallon appearance for some reason and is coming up with excuses for why Dan can't watch it, but she agrees to get a copy of the appearance from Casey so that Dan can watch it in HD because he tries to watch a clip online. She's like, no, 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 that's no way to watch my big Fallon performance. You can see this in HD. He's like, oh, okay. Um, Love seeing interviews in HD. Nothing like it. 4K only for me in talk shows. Oh, no, no. I would never watch a YouTube clip of a performance. Gotta have it on the big screen. Yeah. If you're um, gonna say somebody, say, uh, say something, you gotta see that shit in 4K. Here's <laughs> something, yeah. <laughs> um, Dan exits the door, and he is greeted by a random guy in the hall who is wearing a robe and pajamas with a towel over his shoulder. He throws his hands up and shouts, oh, watch out, it's bathroom boy, clear the way, and then laughs to himself and walks away. Obviously, that is the joke of the episode. No more discussion needed. <laughs> uh, there's actually, there is a better one. Um, also of course it's not as good just because we know that there's an actual reason for it but to this point this is so funny because it's almost like a a community-esque like random joke that like is just thrown in there because this guy the character the joke is that the character is a weirdo that just said that and he's fun but uh i'm I'm sad that it does have context later on f room boy (laughs) dan just replies good morning to you too i I don't know how i would react but it seems like a weird reaction to me Uh, you just gotta cheer along like yeah it's me bathroom boy also also, knowing what we know now, how does this joke make any sense? He says, watch out. It's bathroom boy. Clear the way. <laughs> the big thing is that Dan, like, put his shirt on inside out. What is he clearing the way know. for? He makes it seem like uh, Olivia revealed on Jimmy Fallon that Dan's got a huge dong. And, like, he's got to clear the way because bathroom boy is coming in with his huge dick swinging. He's got to get out of the way. I don't know. That's got to be the only okay. thing. It's one thing. Like, okay. If you had this exact interaction in your dorm hallway back in New Paltz, how would you react? Like, let's look. Okay, so Brendan, just imagine you're you're walking out uh, of your room. All right, are you yeah. imagining? Yeah, this? I'm ready. All right, you pass by me. I have a robe sure. on, I have pajama pants on, and I have a towel over my shoulder. And I say to you, "Oh, ho, ho, watch out! It's bathroom boy. Clear the way." And I go, "Oh yeah, that's me, bathroom boy." That's exactly what would go. Like, <laughs> you just gotta go with it. Actually, that was probably a normal occurrence at New Paltz. So probably, <laughs> probably a bad well, everyone that went into the bathroom or coming came out of the bathroom was a bathroom boy. So you just it's everybody in the hallway at, at some point or another was bathroom boy. <laughs> okay, good to know. Yeah. Um, Chuck invites Nate to his new suite. Uh, he's showing Nate all the amenities of the place, including Blair's favorite, the real-time surveillance playback, because according to Chuck, it's it's very naughty. Um, these are, and again, just, just have naughty. to point out that, yeah, it is very naughty. Surveillance is inherently naughty. Um, 18-year-olds Chuck and Nate, one who owns a hotel and one who is running a congressional campaign. <laughs> See, at least Chuck's Chuck, fucking suits fit him. Okay, yeah, at least we can say that about yeah. Chuck. He always looks great. He dresses better than anybody else on the show. Now, I, I thought that it was just Nate and Chuck in this suite right now, but apparently Chuck leaves his door unlocked because here comes Vanessa fumbling and bumbling her way in with her stupid camera. Oh, oops, also, oops. Trip, and Maureen, <laughs> Trip and Maureen walk in. And so Vanessa tells Nate, you know, all this behind the scenes stuff is really great. And she thanks him for letting her, her film this. So, again, obviously not commissioned by the Vanderbilts. Vanessa is just annoyingly following them around and filming them for uns- some unspecified reason. Why is Vanessa doing this? Well, like, I guess we find out later that. Was was Nate planning this all along? Like from the very beginning, he he hired her knowing that he would need some miracle, and Vanessa was going to be the one he used to get that miracle on on tape. 
no, that is not at all. That is not at all what happened. Um, Nate was not behind this plot. Van- Vanessa, I, I don't. Vanessa has nothing. Uh, unlike again, because Vanessa is the luckiest fucking filmmaker in the world. <laughs> if if someone never falls or jumps in the water and this all happens, she has nothing. Like she ends up selling her footage to New York One. What was the plan before this? Who was she giving this documentary footage to? As to the school that like for, with a project that wasn't assigned to her, she was just gonna hand it in somewhere and hope she got a grade for it. Have another documentary watch party in her yeah. Dorm room. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it was. I mean, that's how she was discovered for this thing? job. Is maybe someone from the, uh, the the Congress running was sitting in on that that fun little party she had. It was like, yeah, oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> I haven't had a movie night in a while, guys. I, come on, I'll make another documentary. We can all watch and <laughs> eat pizza. Um, so more people just keep walking in. Uh, Grandfather, uh, Grandfather Part 2 in this episode. Grandfather Part 2 walks in with a couple of uh, other <laughs> random people. I don't even know who the other people are that walk in behind him. And the Vanderbilts are really looking forward to the big party tonight that Chuck is throwing them, even if it does end in defeat. According to Trip, the polls aren't looking great. They're down where they should be up, and even where they are up, they're barely hanging on. But according to Maureen, that's what makes it exciting. So I guess that's one way to look at it. She's clearly uh, thinking positively. And so Grandfather takes Nate by the arm and brings him into the other room to whisper to him that, uh, you know, Trip is actually right. It, does, it doesn't look good. All, all thanks to your asshole friend, Serena. <laughs> I, I couldn't even remember, like, what exactly Serena did to Nate that made him so pissed off. Because I think even in that episode when that happened, I was like, I don't really I don't really get why they're mad at each other. And then they kind of explained right. it later on. I was like, I've, oh, yeah, that's why I didn't understand it because it was a stupid reason. That was, that was two episodes ago now, which is a lifetime in, in Gossip Girl time. Right. Um, what happened is, remember that they had the scheme with the Buckleys. They had the doctored photo of Trip with the bong, and they were going to let the Buckleys leak that photo and then say, oh, no, this is the real photo set. It would look like the Buckleys were playing dirty. Uh, and then that would be enough to, I guess, uh, sully their good name and tarnish their campaign so that Trip would uh, elected, you know, victoriously. Right. And then Serena just didn't let it happen, so then Nate hates her forever. Right. Well, Serena squealed. She spilled the beans to to PJ Buckley. Right. I also like that it was only two episodes ago that Nate all of a sudden becomes this like political yes. villain, and it's been right. three episodes of this <laughs> yeah. now. He's also, this big wig of this campaign. This is Nate now. This is yeah, this Nate is, who he is. is somehow. We don't see him ever at Columbia. We just see him running a campaign. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like him. So yeah, Grant, I do. I, I think this is a good episode for Nate. Actually, <laughs> well, he does get a good speech, and we love Nate in speeches. Yeah, I, I love speech giver Nate. He really has that that charisma that you need to be to be a speech giver. Uh, grandfather tells Nate that it would take a miracle to win because it's election day. Um, you know, so today's the day of the big election, and they're still down in the polls. So uh, as he says, they need a miracle. Uh, Serena comes to Olivia's dorm room. She is currently Casey's errand girl. That's her big job for the day. Uh, she drops off the Fallon DVD, and Olivia asks Serena if she's seen it, and she has. And Olivia's like, oh, I didn't mean, you know, what I said. So we definitely know that there is something going on that Dan would not like if he watched this interview. Even though Serena's like, no, Dan would understand. It's not a big deal. uh, Scally, you had seen this episode already, but Brendan, you you hadn't. What what on earth did you think that Olivia could have said about? I know. I I was going to ask you both this, like what you thought. Maybe if you could remember what your thoughts might have been before you had seen it, but I had no idea. Like the only thing I could think (laughs) of was maybe like she again brought up her ex boyfriend. Um, and that would be bad news, obviously, but I thought we had gotten past that, so I was like hoping that wasn't the case because we kind of already dealt with that issue. So, of course, it was something super stupid that made no like there's no reason that mad that Dan should have been mad, and he wasn't mad. Um, and also, just like they had they they wrote 
what happened in that episode of Jimmy Fallon, and they wrote like a boring, not funny thing. Like they could have written a really funny <laughs> gag that would have been hysterical. And the writers just, could have written whatever they wanted. They wrote a really weird like scenario that's never happened to anyone in the history of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe Olivia goes back to letting her team write the stories that she tells them. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to let loose this time, and this is what you came up with. This is the story you have to tell. So, um, Olivia, Serena, you keep Dan away from TV, internet, strangers, and Gossip Girl while she figures out what to do about this. I mean, Olivia has to know. She can't hide this literally forever. So, like, like Dan's not going to forget about this. Like, you might as well just get this over with, exactly. Especially considering we know that it's not even that bad. Like, what is her, what is the end game of yeah. her plan? What was even the plan? What, what was her game with, like, getting the CD from Serena in the first place? Like, because she didn't do anything with it. So now she just has another version of thought. it for Dan to see. She, <laughs> was she going to, like, doctor it up somehow? Like, why get that's it what, unless that's you're going to add it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, why did you get the DVD? Why? <laughs> like, there's no reason for this. But I, I'm assuming i guess maybe uh casey just told serena to bring it over anyway and that's why oh, serena okay. did it but yeah uh, unclear um so instead dan walks in asks serena why she's here uh serena famously not quick on her feet so olivia has to quickly lie that serena came all this way over here to tell them how much she likes patrick and dan buys this somehow like why would serena <laughs> travel all the way to to nyu campus this is really funny too i don't have the exact line in front of me i don't know if you do but this dan just like all right this is great and all but can we just stop having right. my ex talk to my current girlfriend about her ex who's dating my ex <laughs> I do not have the, the exact quote, but yeah, it is. My current girlfriend is talking to my ex-girlfriend, who is talking about her fake boyfriend, who just so happens to be my girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> um, someone's going to have to map out that uh, that relationship tree there. Um, so, actually, Serena says it's her favorite part of the job, having a fake boyfriend. And uh, Olivia's relieved because she heard some pretty crazy stuff about Patrick after he went method actor for one of his roles. And he's t such a lunatic that Casey and his agent have to filter out all the scripts that might get to him. Like, it seems like this guy needs some serious help. It seems like it. And he definitely does. And I, th I think it's more just <laughs> yeah, like with, with based alcohol. On what <laughs> yeah, based on what we've seen from him, he definitely does. <laughs> yeah, make him seem like he's crazy and he just has a booze problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah his method acting is just getting drunk yeah he picks roles <laughs> that um are about people that get drunk a lot so that he can say that he's method acting and just get drunk a lot <laughs> right Hell, he wow, this himself, one sir. looks great <laughs> only <Yeah>. these <laughs> <laughs> so serena exits and sees blair in the hallway and they are still fighting for some reason and we all know i'm not a huge fan of when these two fight but ellie your first time here was uh for one of their biggest fights to date so i maybe i guess you love when they're at each other's throats I do love conflict and drama if I'm not in it. So that is true, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if this is uh, the relationship I want broken up at all times. Right. I feel like it is a constant of the show, mm -hmm. but uh, this one, maybe not the most fun. Yeah. And we've definitely done this before. We're not breaking new ground. We haven't raised the stakes at all. It's just like something we've done before, and then it's also not even clear why it's gotten this bet. Like, we saw the rift in their friendship last week. It didn't look that serious, and now it's no. just like they've just taken to this point for seemingly no reason. It seems like we even had a bigger rift between Blair and Chuck than anything else, and they, they're fine yeah. right now. But, I, right. Scally, I also like the distinction of loving drama when you're not a part of it, because that is very true, and I, I totally agree with that. It's very funny to enjoy things from uh, afar and just like see, like, oh, this is so funny because I have no, no part in it at all, and I was going to watch everything <laughs> go up in flames and enjoy it. And if I want to like stick my toe in... Maybe I will, but maybe I won't. I'll just sit here and watch. 
exactly. You could stir it up, but stir it you up. don't have to <laughs> be stirring. Toe of yours. Maybe a little toe. Well, I have a very big – for fans out there that don't know this and maybe want to invest in some like some wiki feed or something of ours, I have two humongous big toes. Like I think my, they... my, my feet are like a size 7 without my big toes. Add them on, like 12 and, 12 and a half. <laughs> You know, famously, one of your nicknames back in back in school, they called you Golden Toe. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> they know. So, Mayor tells uh, Serena that, uh, you know, I forgot that your job is more important than your friends. And Serena just responds by asking her if she wants to get a latte. I do like that. At least for now, Serena's at the point in their friendship where she's like, yeah, let's just skip this fight and get a latte together. Yeah. Uh, she, she's like so worn out from her job that she doesn't even have the, <laughs> yeah, she, she doesn't have it in her to do the power like, struggle uh, with Blair. I want to get a latte. <laughs> or if we're doing um, Sam's impression of her, oh, I want to get a latte. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good impression. impression of Sam of doing Sam's impression, impression of Serena. Yeah, um, Blair is not at the same point in her life as Serena is. She's just like, if I get a latte, you mean apologizing? Then no, I don't. And Serena is just willing to let what Blair did slide out of respect for their many years of friendship. But that's not good enough for Blair, who I, maybe she's bored at college and she needs. Like, she's just turned Serena needing to apologize to her into her project of the week. But she turns down Serena and tells her that Chuck needs her for the big event tonight. And then makes fun of Serena for not being on the list. So <laughs> I guess Blair does have some legs to stand on here since she is not even the only person in the friend group mad at Serena right now. She's not on the list because Nate also hates her. Yeah, she does. And I mean, like, when someone's trying to get the other person to kind of calm down, you don't tell them that, like, hey, we all get it. You should apologize. But if you're not going to, that's fine. Like, that's not how you get Serena someone that, to apologize. Serena does that multiple times. <laughs> At, at the end, when she gives her big apology, when she's like, "Hey, I, I know that you were just acting out because like and you're really sorry you know, too. You want to be friends, but but to be fair, you're actually at fault because you should have told me. Like, <laughs> Serena, very bad at apologizing. That's not how you high roads either. Like <laughs> by telling another person they're wrong, that's not how you yeah. take that. Blair especially uh, would, does not like to hear that she's wrong. So no. Um, Serena fires back, tells Blair to check her sources because she is going tonight with her handsome boyfriend, Patrick. But since Blair's boyfriend is working the party, who is she going to go with? One of her knockoffs? And that clearly gets under Blair's skin because she tells Serena she has made friends. She just doesn't feel the need to brag about them as as our fave minion, Amalia, shows up and just smiles. And <laughs> I feel like Serena knows that Blair has a tough time making friends here at NYU, so kind of a low blow, but... Same time, I guess she was trying to bury the hatchet, and Blair was being a dick. So I, I don't know what. Like, I, I, yeah, I'm I think having we're a both tough even. time. I'm having a tough time deciding <laughs> who's right in this argument all episode because it's just so stupid and not 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 worth my time even. No, it, it is stupid. It's not worth even their time. But I, I guess the writers do a good job of like keeping both sides kind of even keel and saying like, okay, yes. they, neither of them are fully right. They're both wrong. They're both equally wrong and and right. But also, I feel like who cares? they make it clear that both of these. Serena and Blair are both like idiots when they're fighting with each other. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So Blair orders Amalia to get her a friend, and Amalia preciously replies, I'm your friend, but that just pisses Blair off more, and she tells her she's not friends with the staff. Poor Amalia. Can't, <laughs> can't do anything. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a pretty good letdown, though. If, if she says that to me, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I, I do work for you in a way, so that's fine. There's nothing against her, and she's part of the staff. She can't be friends. True, true. Minions are staff. Yeah. So... Serena calls Nate. Nate doesn't answer. In fact, he tells Trip it's not even important as he uh, does not answer Serena's call. And he's trying to convince Trip to let Grandfather help him since the polls are still close. But Trip would rather lose fair and square than win a dirty campaign. I, what kind of politician is this? I, I've, this is the the uh, Nate says it at the end. He's the most. He's the only honest person in politics. He's the only honest person of the family. Uh, Trip really intent on doing this as clean as he possibly can. This is, this is how they all claim to start. He'll, he'll be dirty by next year. Yeah, exactly. Year. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's only 26 here. Yeah, just yeah. just see him when he's 27. He'll be rigging the rigging the votes. Also, maybe one of the, the most handsome characters in Gossip Girl. Oh, of course, yeah. Ooh. It's incredible. He, I, I he didn't def- realize how incredibly attractive he is. Oh, he definitely is. I think I flagged this up the last time he made an appearance. Yeah, but it, that's my only that's my only fault with uh, Nate's speech at the end when he's complimenting uh, his cousin. He doesn't also say <laughs> he's also the the best looking person this town's he's ever. Definitely seen. the like, hottest cousin I have. Been. Yeah. You definitely, definitely want to movie. talk about how hot your cousin is. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I mean, you have to make an exception when when, when your cousin is uh, Trip Vanderbilt. So, <laughs> like, even if it was a phony video, you, you're telling me you guys didn't love seeing Trip wet? Come on, guys. He's awesome, man. <laughs> I mean, Vanessa is hounding people on the street asking who they're voting for when someone yells, "Hey, someone's drowning over here!" And <laughs> that was Nate that said that. <laughs> Trip runs over and fucking swan dives into this water. That, that was a guy. great swan. It was so I left out loud when I saw that dive. In his suit, <laughs> and he's not a part of this setup, so he's just ready to spring into action like this. He really is a hero uh, to save this guy. While Vanessa, of course, records the whole thing, it, it literally never makes sense anytime Vanessa is making a documentary, and they only ever use this as a plot device. So, See, my uh, version of the scene is Trip goes in, right, like he like he does in the episode, but then he also yep. starts drowning, and then Nate does the same <laughs> dive and then saves them both, and then all the everyone writes in for Nate, and he becomes congressman. I like it, an eighteen-year-old yeah. congressman. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. I don't know if he's eligible <laughs> i don't know um did you realize right away that this was a setup uh and so i didn't know to what degree it was like phony and i didn't know whose motives were where uh but i knowing how honest trip is i knew it wasn't his his doing <laughs> yeah when you have grandpa like one scene earlier being like oh really could use a miracle on our side I, 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 I couldn't tell like but but nate's been so sketchy lately i thought i could i was kind of split between the two of them between nate and, and grandpa so weird. First name. of all, Scally, I yeah, I don't know why you keep calling him grandpa Sorry. and not grandfather, which is his which is his name. Um, We're going but, informal. <laughs> He's but, a close family friend. But. Grandpa too. It's re- it's revealed at the end that it's actually not grandfather that's behind this, which is so weird in retrospect because every scene he's like, man, we really do need a miracle for this. And then, <laughs> and then when Nate's like pretty much accusing him of it happening and he's just like, yes. So this family is so blessed to have this miracle, and so is that man. Like, why is he sounding like a supervillain if he wasn't so even funny. a part of it? Like, that's that's just how he he'd, sounds. He'd also apparently. like always do anything in this scenario to to get what he wants, and all of a sudden now when it comes down to the wire, he doesn't care. He's like, ah, oh, let the kids take care of it. Like, why does it take? Why why is Nate the one that's the cunning person here? This is what the grandfather should be doing. Part two. Did you watch the end of the episode? You know that Maureen was behind this, right? I thought well, Nate was a part of it to some degree. No, no. He's he just takes, <laughs> oh, maybe, he maybe just I, takes I was the too bl- deep in my dinner at that point. I was eating during this episode. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just takes the blame so that Trip can, uh, so that Trip, uh, it doesn't get blamed for it. But Maureen was behind everything. Okay, that's why. That's why. <laughs> I, that's why. I don't know why you keep. Bl- I don't know why you keep blaming Nate for this. <laughs> I really thought it was him. Maybe, oh. maybe I should go back and check to see if I did watch that part because it doesn't even ring <laughs> Nate, a bell. It has the great idea to. Uh, himself he says that it was all him but it actually wasn't he lies so that trip can win the uh the campaign and then at the end maureen's like haha it was me all along oh so that's like, why you like him this episode yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> i guess i like him too <laughs> all right great He's to know you're good. paying attention when you watch, when you watch these episodes um, I was, it was really viewer. crunch time this this episode i i was i thought I was, I was here i was the first one here too and i, I could have taken my time and actually watched the whole episode <laughs> 
I even put, I pushed our recording time back. I, I did, back I did so watch. I did watch. I, I, I was I was scarfing down the food. Oh boy! I, well, you know, it's it's more fun to find out what happens while you're covering the episode. live live on the live air. on pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, New York one news all day. Trip's heroic moment at the Hudson River is all over the news, and this is the last thing that people will see before voting today. So, um, I hate that Vanderbilt is spelt Van Space Der Space Built. Like that is just so many. <laughs> it's they're doing too much with that last name. Just have it one word, Vanderbilt. You got yeah. You got to clean that up. Like, you can still keep the capitals in there, but just. Put them all together. Like, squish sure. the whole thing together. Yeah. Vander Woodson. Okay, fine. I draw the line at Vanderbilt. Come on now. And Vander Woodson's <laughs> all one word, correct? I do. Uh, I actually don't know. I, I'm not sure if it's one or three. I've never seen it spelt out on news on New York One. Uh, we'll have to wait for them to. Oh to no! Run for I'm Congress seeing it here in our the script before our script. It is. This could be wrong though, but it's spelt. Could be Van one word, D E R one word, and then Woodson one word. Can't be that Van Doctor Woodson. Van Doctor Woodson. So I do love the guy. Like, I, assuming this is like an actor that Maureen has hired to do this, I love this guy who's just like sitting there. And he's like, next thing I know, boom, I'm into Hudson. Like, this, yeah. guy, <laughs> this guy is here for his moment on New York on New York One. And grandfather's pumped. He's he's leading the team to capitalize on this moment. Uh, Trip is actually up by a point in some polls, and Nate may be stupid. He may be our resident dumb guy, but uh, not since he got a job in politics. He's smart now, so he, he can see right away that this is too good to be true. He he tells Grandfather that I guess miracles do happen, and this is what I was talking about. Grandfather just kind of confirms that it's a miracle. Uh, we're supposed to think that he's behind this, but he really does seem so guilty here, even <laughs> though it turns out he has nothing to do with it. I mean, that's why they want you to give, get the ultimate twist at the end. They, they want to like really give you, like, pull the rug underneath you, um, and it worked on me. Brendan, you thought that Nate was accusing Grandfather to be behind this? That's what I was going to. I was going to start complaining about that. that I was like, he is actually the it was one so that... weird that he like was complaining about this to his grandfather so... the whole time. <laughs> Which like, honestly, like in my defense, it doesn't sound that far fetched from like what they would do in this show. They would just... Nate's just like, oh yeah, I forgot it was me that did this. Yeah, episode. that sounds totally in character for him. Mm, something on Gossip Girl not making sense. I don't think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even the Gossip Girl writers did not make this error when they were when they were writing this episode. Um, so, like I said, Vanessa, the luckiest filmmaker in the world, she somehow has stumbled into an interesting documentary yet again. Her rescue footage is going to be on the news tonight because she she's the only one who got this on tape. And Serena shows up. And I, Serena shows up. Nate greets her with a. What are you doing here? He's just so exasperated as well at this point. And Serena said she left him a message and he never answered back. So in Serena's eyes, this means she can just show up, I guess. Um, so she orders she like doesn't even ask. She tells Nate to let her and Patrick Roberts attend the event tonight. And when Nate laughs in her face, she just goes, "My job is at stake," which is Serena's new thing. Every week now, she's just going to beg her friends and former friends to bend over backwards so that she can keep her job, as if they're supposed to care about her losing her job for the fiftieth time. Yeah, I, I thought like when she first got this job, I thought it was kind of like I don't even give a shit about this job either. But now she's, like, yeah. she's ever, ever since um, what's that actor's name? Famous actor that she met in the first episode. Um, she was really fun. She was she's a model. In the first episode, we first meet uh, Olivia too. Ursula. Ever, ever yeah, since we meet her, alert, Ursula, I thought this was gonna be like her her. Like her go-to girl, she was going to be taking care of her only, and that was the reason why she was staying on the job in the first place. Then we never see her again, and she's still like so dedicated to this job for for no reason. I mean, we thought her job was going to be coddling these celebrity divas, which she was good at, but now she is literally just EC's assistant, and she gets the most ridiculous jobs. And 
Tarina has forgotten somewhere along the way that she doesn't actually need this job. Right, especially if she's going to be like an intern grunt yeah. like this, doing all this kind of shitty work. If I'm her friend, it's like, okay, find a new job, heiress. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are fine. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. The billionaire is going to lose her job that she doesn't want. Oh, <laughs> all right. I, I guess I'll forget that you screwed this campaign over and let you in with this guy that's wasted. Like, <laughs> all right, Serena. So Nate just tells her. Nate's like, oh, your job's at stake? Well, so is my cousin's campaign, thanks to you. But uh, as far as Serena's concerned, they're even. And another non-apologies from her, where she's like, <laughs> well, if you look at it from my point of view, actually, uh, we're, we're completely even right now. But the only thing is that this is Nate's event. So regardless of how even she feels that they are, Nate can be like, okay, you're not coming. But uh, he tells her revenge isn't a solid foundation for friendship. And Serena's like, I-, I have no interest in being your friend. I just need you to do me a huge favor, even though we aren't talking. Uh, Casey, like, I know. Casey must be behind this. She's turning Serena into a monster, and Nate's completely in the right in my eyes. Yeah, I, I was just taken out of this a little bit because, again, it, it's just cracked me up that all these kids feel like they're so important. I'm like, shut up, all of you. Because <laughs> you're just a bunch of babies. <laughs> so uh, Trip walks by and tells uh, Serena tells Trip that she voted for him, and then Trip responds by inviting her to the event. So good for Serena, I guess. Uh, I feel like Nate could have just told Trip that. She tried to cost them the campaign. Like, Grandfather knows about it. I feel like Trip yeah. should be clued in, and maybe Trip would not let her come. But I think uh, we're led to believe that Trip wants to fuck Serena, so he may not even care. Right. <laughs> we, are led to, we are led to believe that. <laughs> but you're right. Like, Nate leers at Serena. Like, he's like, oh, you know, if I, I wish I could tell him, but he wants to fuck you so bad, so I'm not going to break his little heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Blair is at lunch with her minions, and uh, she's tried going everywhere, still can't find a single friend. It's so funny to me that Blair is doing all this just because Serena made this passing comment that she has no friends. Like, she is really going all out to impress <laughs> Serena and or make her jealous with, with a new friend. Oh, that's spot on for her. That's what she would do. And one of the minions suggests uh, Vanessa, and Blair's just like, I've never heard that name in my life, and then dismisses her. You'll <laughs> probably never see this girl again. She's lucky she's still alive. My girl, Amalia, would never make this mistake. Obviously, no. don't suggest Vanessa. So, Blair spots someone with a fancy bag, and she goes to talk to her. Uh, she pumps herself up to hit on this girl, and she compliments her bag, completely nails it. And Blair is so obsessed with this girl, right off the bat. She's, like, so excited to talk to her, even. Like, I, maybe it was just in my mind. I feel no, like no. she was, like... Panting when she got up there, she was she was like, "Oh my god!" It, like it reminded me of all those scenes in Hey Arnold when that kid with glasses just goes to, up to Helga and starts heavily breathing. Oh Did you god. think she was gonna get punched in the face from behind? That's yeah, stinky. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I... <laughs> yeah, that two player is. We get a side by side of of these two interactions. <laughs> I, I was thinking of you during the scene. I was like, Kagan is loving this lesbian moment for for Blair. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like it's so clear. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to believe it's so hard for Blair to find friends when she does it so easily here. It, it, clearly, she's just way too picky when it comes to this. And uh, Blair looks this girl in the eyes and tells her, believe me when I tell you, I don't say this very often, but I think I like you. And I do believe that Bear, Blair was probably envisioning Serena in front of her as she said this. But yeah. uh, these girls hit it off. They can't stop giggling and flirting with each other. And the girl finally introduces herself as Brandeis. And so Blair invites her as her date to the fabulous party tonight. And I, I love this couple already. Yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to imagine what it is that Blair would like in a friend. Like, what, what kind of qualities would the she bag, get along with? If but... you have an expensive bag. I know, because I like, think about her and Serena's friendship. It's just because Serena and her knew each other since they were kids, and they're both really rich, and Serena's beautiful. So that that's like kind of the whole thing. Otherwise, I don't really know what their commonalities are besides their money. It's like just their right. pure wealth and, and looks. So I guess uh, with this girl, she's got at least the bag. No slander to her looks, but... <laughs> 
I like anyone on, on Gossip Girl making fun of each other for having no friends when they have max like two each. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. most, yeah. <laughs> they all only have each other, and some of us, some of them, not even that. So. I think there's been a time where like maybe Dan has had three. When like maybe, wow, was it was it when you counting family members in this? Maybe because did he have like Chuck Nate for an episode at the same time before like they turned on each other, and then he had Serena also. Mm. Like early, um, maybe we'll season have to, one. We'll have to, we'll have to go research. back and check the tapes. Count Vanessa, Vanessa can get more her than I'm counting. Chuck. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dan was killing it in NYU. I feel like ever since he started dating Olivia, he's really been a uh, you know not the not the big guy on campus now. Now they're all making fun of him, calling him bathroom boy. <laughs> yeah. How does he go and date a celebrity and now he's less popular than he was when he first got there? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so. The Humphreys and Olivia, speaking of them, are playing my least favorite game, Scrabble. Like, we get it. You can spell, Dan. Uh, Kelly, are you, are you a Scrabble guy? I don't hate Scrabble. Yeah, <laughs> I am yeah, a big I, board game guy. I'm very competitive. Anything that I can win at, I'm going to want to play. I fucking hate Scrabble I, so much. I, I, didn't, I thought I hated it, but then I played Words with Friends a lot when uh, like I had an eye, an eye touch in like 10th, 11th grade. And uh, I started to like it then, but I, I never. I don't think I've gone back and played the, the hard version of, of Scrabble. Oh, you spelled a name right. You spelled a word right. Oh, double score. Oh, there's a Q in that word. Oh, congrats! Like, I think that's why the I fuck? like the wor- the words with friends because all the scoring is done for you. Just it just happens so quickly. Like the instant mm. gratification aspect of it is nice. But like, especially I especially hate bananagrams. That is like ridiculous. You know, you're gonna play without a board too. It's, it's just that's I hate bananagrams. <laughs> play play Yahtzee. That's a fun game. Yeah, Ooh. and you, you get to scream you get to, during it. Just scream Yahtzee when you get a Yahtzee. Yeah. That's the best part. Absolutely. Yahtzee! That's my impression of me getting a Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll know. You'll know when I get a Yahtzee. Um, so, Kenny has some kind of virus for some reason. She's been sick for two weeks. Uh, I, how is she leaving her kingdom abandoned for th- two weeks? Isn't she worried about a, a revolution of some Isn't sort? This like the We're- shittiest like, <laughs> writing on this show maybe I've ever seen. <laughs> like, um, let's get her in for an episode. She's uh, sick. Yeah, sick with a virus. Okay. Good, perfect. Not well, contagious. Can, Everyone's going to hang out with her. No one's going no to get it. <laughs> They're going to make jokes about needing a SARS mask, but they'll be fine. Uh, (laughs) It's like, why isn't Jenny being an absolute menace and an asshole and and throwing eggs at at gay kids? Yeah, well, because she's sick. That's why. Sick. (laughs) Where is Eric? Eric's not playing board games, obviously. (laughs) He's like, it's either me or Jenny for Scrabble tonight, and they went with Jenny for some reason. (laughs) They always do. (laughs) 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 It's really... Olivia clearly has filled in Jenny on the no TV and internet thing as well, and Jenny's down to help her out, I guess. Uh, Dan does not miss TV or the internet at all because he's busy killing it at Scrabble, and Olivia steals Dan's phone to delete a Gossip Girl blast that says, Keep your eyes peeled for Bathroom Boy, D.H., getting naked and nasty in a stall near you, GMT star O. What, Brendan, what were your thoughts here? What, what, you, what did you think was going on in this Fallon interview? Again, it, it getting all goes... naked and nasty in a stall near you. <laughs> Again, it reminds me a lot of my time in New Paltz. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I, don't... <laughs> I, I was way too comfortable with people in the bathroom uh, in my freshman year. To a point where, where uh, my my friend Peter, uh, he remembers me. I, we had maybe one interaction before this interaction, but this is I, so I guess would be the second one. Uh, he was he was inside the bathroom, and, and in our like showers, there was a curtain. Then once you pass that curtain, you can kind of get a little area to derobe, and then another curtain would take you into where the water was. And I bust through both curtains and give him a hug while he's taking a shower to talk about some. I have no idea. It was, I think some some sort of new album we we both liked. Maybe like it was like a Childish Gambino album I was talking about. Who knows? But I I, I rushed through and hug him during a shower to talk to him about this. 
So it, it kind of yeah. just reminded me of, of my right. time in, in, uh, You're in college. You were kicked out of school, I guess. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, we ended up living together for many years. <laughs> watch, out, watch out for uh, BR getting naked and nasty in a, in a <laughs> yeah, shower. Right, maybe. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you hear all this Travis Camino takes. Uh, Vanessa is reviewing her footage, and she notices that the guy who supposedly drowned actually just jumped into the river fully clothed as if he was being brainwashed and started swimming around. Like, come on, guy. You, you had one job, and you couldn't even make this look believable. Yeah. Uh, just like even if it's not caught on video, you're in New York City. Like, someone is bound to be looking at you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just jump in. Like, he couldn't pantomime a fall? For right, God's he, sake? he said what, what happened, and, like, why didn't you just enact what, oh, what you're going to tell the people? Hudson. <laughs> or just do what you said. Was yeah. the most like gingerly entrance into a body <laughs> yeah. of water I've ever seen. And then seen. he starts swimming before he starts flailing around. Yeah, he, he he went in like as if uh, how I do when I'm getting into a really cold pool. Like I just I don't want to do it, but I know if I get my shoulders underneath, I'll feel fine. And he's doing something similar. So uh, Serena goes to see Patrick. He is very almost naked in in nothing but his underwear, and greets Serena with a "You look hot." Like. What is wrong with this guy? He's not nearly as cool as Robert Pattinson is. His his namesake. No. Like, yeah, and, and like <laughs> until the end of the his end of the episode where he gets a little touchy and, and like grossly yeah. drunk, he was a contender for my MVP of the episode. <laughs> Just having a good time in his underwear. Yeah, a keyword. Uh, yeah, M- MVP of the episode. I'll say. Ah, yes. yeah. Oh. <laughs> he uh, he just finished reading a script for Leaving Las Vegas, uh, which he found in the trash. But Serena needs to read him to refocus on the political thrill. He's just looking in the trash for. I know, like, for is he script. digging through his script dump to dumpsters? <laughs> um, this absolute moron is already set on doing Leaving Las Vegas uh, since Miley Cyrus has already signed on. I mean, I can't blame him there. I'd I'd be excited to work with Miley Cyrus as well. But True. Uh, Serena needs him to get ready for the big event that Serena got him invited to. Uh, but Patrick starts chugging some liquor instead and will not put on any clothes. I, I th- we've all been there, I'm sure. He, yeah, especially when the way he does it, where he just stands in a mirror, looks at himself shirtless, and drinks to himself. <laughs> and drinks straight out of the bottle. He looks at himself, I'll drink to that. Vanessa <laughs> <laughs> um, dramatically meets Nate by the water and tells him what happened at the Hudson wasn't what it looked like. Nate plays dumb here, so can, Vanessa continues and tells him that uh, the guy that saved Trip didn't actually, or the guy that Trip saved didn't actually fall, and she thinks it was a setup. Nate says it's ridiculous, but Vanessa says she has it all on tape, and as soon as she says that, the music dramatically shifts, and I love it. It really signals the, uh, Nate's turn to the dark side here, as he immediately asks, uh, who, who else has seen the footage? And no one else has, but Vanessa has already agreed to sell it to New York One, and she's about to meet one of the producers. So Nate tries to talk some sense into her, but Vanessa does not want to be a part of a cover-up. And Nate tells her that the polls close in a few hours, so can't she just wait? And Vanessa replies that she wishes she could, but this isn't some high school thing with Blair and the Mean Girls. So a couple things. First of all, you leave Blair out of this. What does she have to do with any of this? Don't think we need to bring her right. and the Mean Girls into this. Secondly, what do you mean you wish you could? You absolutely can do what Nate is suggesting. And thirdly... Now is not the time to get on your moral high horse, Vanessa. Nate may be like shady here, but he's trying to stop the right wing nutjob Buckleys from winning the election. So that's the most Vanessa can but... Vanessa can act all morally superior to like everyone, but at what cost? He also gave you this opportunity too. But it is also my, <laughs> yeah. for me, it's amazing that he's able to really pull off this ruse right now and is just pretending like he doesn't know what she's talking about. You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's really really good acting by the character Nate here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the worst. Like, how many like <laughs> social issues budgets are going to be cut because Vanessa can't crop a video? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking that too. It was like, there's definitely a way to even like, even if you don't want to wait and give this to them later, just like, then if you're such a good videographer, 
<laughs> then maybe do some editing. I don't know. Sorry, gay marriage. I have a point to prove, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I believe a uh, famous uh, friend of the pod, Mel Got Served, texted me with similar sentiments when she watched this episode as well. Uh, maybe maybe turning on her on her old friend Vanessa. I don't know. We'll, wow. I, we'll have to oh, get some updates a, from her. But she, she was she was not on Vanessa's side here when she was texting me uh, a few days ago. So. Vanessa says that someone set this up to make Trip look like a hero, and we both know that the person most likely to do that is Grandfather. Grandfather Part 2. Um, <laughs> Van- Vanessa mentions that Trip has been so generous to let her film his campaign, and yet she's still going to do this to him. But don't worry, because she asks if she should warn him so he can at least prepare strategy for damage control. And Nate says not to worry. He'll tell Trip. Uh, Vanessa apologizes, but Nate shrugs it off. Obviously, he has something up his sleeve here as he calls New York 1 to talk to Caroline Lowe before Vanessa can. She's really, truly always causing trouble when she has that camera on. Like, if, if you ever Literally. see it, it's an episode with Vanessa and her camera, she's fucking someone over and pretending like uh, she's taking the moral high ground when she's actually screwing <laughs> other people over. Need to be ready when Vanessa has the camera. You know <laughs> be careful. Gonna happen. <laughs> so we're at the big event of the week. Uh, Serena has really brought this idiot Patrick Roberts and... She is expecting him to be able to make conversation with actual politicians. Again, don't know who thought this was a good idea. Maybe... It's possible that Casey is not good at her job after all. It is possible. No. After Sam nearly <laughs> gave her an MVP last week, uh, oh. turns out maybe... I don't know if I, I consider his votes... Uh, you know. <laughs> we'll talk about that all there. Wow. We might have to oh redact this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blair and Brandeis are still going strong as BFFs, and Brandeis recognizes Senator Proctor, and Blair's very impressed that she knows everyone. Uh, Brendan... We have a big reveal that she is actually a uh, a call girl, a, a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see that. Were you able to uh, to catch on to the big reveal in this plot? That one I saw. I was I was there for that one. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't asking if you actually saw it. I was actually asking if you. <laughs> well, it's I can't, good I, that you. I can confirm. Yeah, it's good that, <laughs> it's good that you were privy to the to the information, having watched the episode. <laughs> were you able to uh, predict that this might be the case? No, this was completely out of left field for me. I, I, this is not what I expected to happen. I thought maybe Blair just might have a new friend. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> call me naive, but, but it would be nice <laughs> if maybe Blair did have naive. a new friend. <laughs> so, Serena stops by to talk to Blair, and Blair uses this opportunity to talk about how beautiful her new BFF is. She's like, hey, do you see that gorgeous blonde in uh, Proenza Schooler talking to those high-profile high politicians? That's my best friend, Brandeis. She knows most of them personally. Like Blair is really uh, turning it on to try to make Serena jealous here. And she's also talking about how all the politicians whom Brandeis is introducing to her are thrilled to meet her, asking if they're sisters. That seems like a weird question to ask, like, regardless <laughs> of what's going on. Um, and Serena is just also smugly talking up her new boyfriend, Patrick, and can't wait for Blair to meet him. Like, again, really just demonstrating the purpose of the storyline is just to show how stupid both of these uh, girls are when they're when they're fighting with each other here. I think those politicians are asking for a certain package when they're asking if they're <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me. <laughs> Blair just thinks that's like a normal thing that people ask. Oh, hey, are you guys sisters? Like, they don't look alike. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually why why me and uh, sister of the pod Tierney go to a lot of uh, congressional parties. <laughs> oh, really? That's that's what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. So anyone in politics that's listening, yeah, expect to see this brother-sister duo there at a party near you. So, so Blair spots Patrick uh, taking a leak in a plant. I mean, <laughs> how drunk is Patrick? He's able to stand, so he's not like pe- passing but out. He's, but... like, he's got the kind of stand going on where he's leaning way back. Like Any, any, any further back and he's down for the count. 
he did a lot of drinking beforehand. Uh, good for him for still being able to stand, even though even though he's one like light breeze away from falling over. He is still yeah. on his feet at, at this point. Um, Dan is looking for the Scrabble dictionary. Instead, he finds the internet and sees the infamous Bathroom Boy video. Uh, he hit clicks play. We unfortunately have to see Jimmy Fallon, but Olivia Burke comes on stage and it just says like, "Oh, look at her. She's cute. Kind of sweet." Like, I, yeah. I, this storyline is dumb in parts, but I, yeah. I do like how it does demonstrate how cute this uh, Dan and Olivia. Yeah, I, I love them. Really, they're always. really smitten for yeah. each other. But yeah. I, I was confused about was how his Scrabble search turned on like a top five YouTube video. <laughs> I don't think results. he must not have pressed enter yet. Like he was typing it he's in, and then before okay. he could, like why, why? Like not only does Jenny leave her computer in that room, but she leaves the page up, which has the infamous bathroom. Gotcha. Board I thought he typed it. already, and like somehow Scrabble results came up like top five videos. Like no, no, <laughs> I said Scrabble dictionary. Maybe I guess it was two thousand nine um, internet, so who knows what what, they, what the algorithm was like. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> Scally, we haven't had you on for the Olivia Burke era yet. Uh, how, are you also a, a big Olivia fan? Uh, love Olivia, love Hillary Duff, so very excited to be able to come in during her era. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, who knows Who knows how long this era will be? We so, keep, it's getting good I, run, I feel like every episode... We ended on a good yeah, note with them, so I'm, I'm like, okay, good. There's no. I was waiting for like, the big conflict to drop here where she's going to be yeah. kicked off next episode, so imagine, hopefully we can have imagine, a <laughs> Imagine Olivia got dumped because she told the stupid bathroom I was going to be so mad. I was, <laughs> That's I was what waiting did it. for it to happen. <laughs> Dan's like, it's not that everyone's calling me bathroom boy. It's just that I can't trust you anymore. I'm sorry. We're, we're done. <laughs> I was so mad. Um, so back to the party. Vanessa has the nerve to show her face. And Caroline Lowe asks Vanessa who she ended up selling her footage to. And Vanessa's like, yeah, I sold it to Caroline Lowe at New York One. Uh, I met her a couple hours ago, actually. But plot twist, this is Caroline Lowe that she's talking to. What? So, uh, this is why you have to look up what people look like. Like, like I'm always <laughs> doing. <laughs> Vanessa's shocked. She realizes she got got by Nate. And... Great job by Nate. He immediately sprung into action and fooled Vanessa very easily and saved the campaign. Like, who did he even get to impersonate Caroline Lowe? Hey, I've always said it. Nate's good at what he does. He's, he's good at his job. Chuck, do you still have that wig I got you? Chuck, do you still have that wig I got you? Hello, it's me, Caroline Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> Nate would be a, a really hot woman. <laughs> good to know. Right. Yeah, he's got the cheekbones. He's got, like, the, the, I think he's always got a... I don't know if it's like their makeup artist or something, but he's he's got like a very blushed sort of look. Like his cheeks are always a little bit rosy. You've got a little crush on Nate. <laughs> no, then trips a little bit better. Maybe the whole Vanderbilt family. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Grandfather part two. <laughs> he gives. <laughs> so- Dan comes back into the main Scrabble playing room, and he just remembered he has an environmental studies paper due, but he tells Olivia to stay and keep Jenny company. And now Rufus definitely knows something's up here because Dan walked out before playing a Q on a double letter. Um, and Olivia and Jenny have also caught on, and Jenny realizes that her computer was in the other room. So, two girls leave, and Rufus, actually pretty funny here, when he turns to Lily and says, yeah. you know, I'm sensing something else is going on here. And Lily replies with, uh, well, you didn't actually think they wanted to play five hours worth of board games with, with you, did you? And he's just like, <laughs> eh, you know. Like, very, I mean, most likable Rufus has been in a while. Yeah, I mean, this is so hard for me, because this, this is the correct use of the parents, but it, that means that Lily gets less action, because she's lumped in with right, fucking yeah. Rufus. I, we could reintegrate Lily into some plot lines here, but yeah. It, yeah. As far as Rufus goes, his good a nice one line from from Rufus here that was good. I bet Rufus is a big Fallon guy. Oh yeah. Well, he I feel like <laughs> I feel like playing five hours of board games with Rufus is probably the best outcome of any time you're hanging out with Rufus. Feels like uh, almost anything else is worse. Yeah. yeah, for sure. He could be trying to teach you how to play guitar. Like that. That wouldn't be fun. Um, so it's fun for one person. 
<laughs> Another showdown between Serena and Blair here. This time it's in Chuck's empty room at the party. And Blair asks Serena if uh, if she's looking for her boyfriend. Uh, Serena's sure he's just getting mobbed by fans. He's getting her a drink. But Blair lets her know that he downed both of their drinks and then ordered two more for himself. Yeah. But luckily Blair took care of it. She took him up to his suite because he's drunker than Paula Abdul during Hollywood Week. Another great American male <laughs> reference. That was my <laughs> joke of the episode by a long shot. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Very timely reference, I guess. I don't it's even think so Paul Abdul was still a judge on American Idol at this point. Wow, but. really? That's crazy. Um, that, that's just referencing like so Cara Diaguardi didn't have the same <laughs> the same. <laughs> no, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> so, also, I feel like this was a good thing for Blair to do, since Patrick would have and was already in the process of making a scene. Yeah, I I, I thought she was going to handle this differently. How so? I like. I thought she was gonna be thrilled to see him. Him just like being a mess and like use that to her right, and then leave him out there. But yeah, but she does put like Serena then just turns this into Blair being jealous that he's here with her, which she might be. But that's a weird leap in logic to make that her uh, saving Patrick from ruining the event is her being <laughs> You're jealous. You're just jealous of thick stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I get that this is mutually beneficial for them, but it also feels like an olive branch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. so. I don't know. So, Eric tells Serena that uh, she knows Serena knows wasted better than most of us. But it seems she's finally met her match, <laughs> and like Serena puts up a good fight. But I feel like Blair always gets the better of her in these uh, little insult matches that, that they have. Hey, come on, so, of course. <laughs> Blair also knows that uh, dating Patrick is just part of her job now, and tells her to keep a closer eye on him next time because this is Nate's big night at Chuck's hotel. So she did what she had to do again and again. It sounds like Blair's just being her typical bitchy self, but. I feel like she's completely in the right here. Like she is saving Nate's chucks and Serena's jobs all in one shot. And yeah. then she also gets to make fun of Serena in the process. <laughs> right. And, and no matter what, like, she, she's supposed to be on Chuck and Nate's side because that's what she's here to do. And Serena is in a place where she's not fully even welcome. <laughs> she, no, yeah. Like she kind of, she, she's, she's like crashing this party. Yeah, she really with is. Patrick. Oh, finally we get to see the Fallon interview. Um, they talk about their first date. I guess we didn't see their first date, but apparently on Dan and Olivia's first date, Dan went to the restroom, and when he came back, his shirt was on Inside Out. And, uh, you know, Fallon's doing all his bits. He's, uh, check, please. Uh, he says that's when you have to get out because clearly, I guess, there's no explanation for an Inside Out shirt. Uh, Olivia says she found it later that it was because Dan walked into a spider web on the way to the bathroom, and a spider crawled inside his shirt. Um, obviously, this was a lie by Dan, but what one-star restaurant were they in that their first date where it was even believable that spiders are just like crawling everywhere outside the bathroom <laughs> i don't know and it's just check please like a, a catchphrase of his i don't think it's a catchphrase of it's, his. also <laughs> just even if it was poor use of check please <laughs> well he's saying she had to get out of there at that point i know but like it was still it, it just maybe he was he's a worse actor than i ever imagined i'm sure he is yeah i know it, it seems like Doing <laughs> his... poor timing uh he should he was just really this made him made me hate him more <laughs> well i mean i'm sure this is how he just always is in the show but yeah i i also hated him he's doing his whole uh yeah the old spider excuse bit and the crowd is going wild and jenny olivia are are watching this mortified but i can't understand why first of all why they're watching it when they've both already seen it and as far as like 
why, like why they are so mortified. As far as talk show anecdotes go, this is very tame. It's pretty boring, actually. Like this was the best Olivia could do, and as we mentioned, like this is also the best the writers could do to make an embarrassing story for Dan. And like going back to the weirdo in the hallway who called Dan bathroom boy, that was the best he could do. Like he, having the context now makes the scene even more ridiculous. Every everyone yeah. just lazy with their jokes this week, from from Olivia to Fallon to the writers to uh to to the yeah, guy that I mean, that's why hallway. I was all confused about his reaction too because I'm like, wait, so she should leave because he came out with his shirt inside out like that's like a a deal breaker for you just a, a guy exactly, exactly. check please he may seem like it was the most outlandish things ever heard on a date before <laughs> like this is a bad talk show anecdote like this is this is terrible oh mm-hmm. the, the old spider in the shirt trick we've had much more hap- uh, embarrassing happen to dan where he's like tied up in his underwear in the middle of college <laughs> campus that he doesn't even go to yeah. <laughs> so i feel like I mean, even, like, just last week, like, Olivia could have been like, so I walk into my boyfriend's house and he's watching sex scenes of me with my ex-boyfriend that's in good. my movies. Like, <laughs> like, that's much more worthy of saying check, please, than, than what I, like, she has a good story that just happened last week. He's like, and my boyfriend keeps asking me if I actually levitated in those movies that I was in. Like, that's <laughs> a good story she has. Yeah, I thought it was like, something more saucy. She did him a Dan- favor. Yeah. And she didn't want Dan to ever find out about this, but like, why would she tell this story on national TV? Like, the story was that good that she just had to tell it to Fallon. Like, I mean, she's she, just worried she, about like Dan finding out how not funny she is and how bad she is at public maybe, appearances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. So, Serena finds Patrick. He's passed out in bed, and uh, like, this was the big ace up Serena's sleeve that she was using to go toe to toe with Blair. Like, her big relationship with Patrick Roberts obviously not going well at all. But he does uh he is good for something because he reveals that he was talking to uh that high-end call girl friend of blair's and so this gets serena's attention and you know obviously she's way too mature to use this information against blair it's good you know she's a big-time publicist after all she's got other things to worry about uh she couldn't possibly uh stoop so low as to try to to get revenge on blair with this now yes if there's anything i've, I've learned from this episode these characters are all extremely mature that's mature. Um, so <laughs> Vanessa confronts Nate and uh, he tells Vanessa he had to protect Trip. And when she complains that, you know, she's like, I, I went to you with this first. Like Nate just looks her in the eyes and goes, don't be so self-righteous. You were only selling the footage to further your own career. King. Nate's a king here. Like he, he puts Vanessa in his place as he should. And what did she really expect from this if she was going to go sell that? Like how would that really have furthered your career? You just, you just kind of gave – like some clickbaity sort of thing to the news. <laughs> they lost Vanessa's number as soon as she gave yeah, them the yeah, footage. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what was weird is like, I don't think I've ever seen on the news that the, <laughs> provided by videographers right. picking up yeah. half the screen. That's it. You, you get the payment and, and then you're done. Comic Sans MS. <laughs> like, what is this? It's not like these New York one's going to be like calling Vanessa every week. Like, you got any more what footage for us? Like, it's, it's a one-time thing. Like, <laughs> So uh, Vanessa denies this, but uh, their argument is interrupted by another big news story. The firsthand footage shows that Tripp's heroic act may not have been so heroic. And so Nate stares down Vanessa and the Vanderbilts are looking like they're in trouble now. So no one knows who is responsible for this hoax, but Tripp has an idea. He just looks at Nate and goes, grandfather. <laughs> Nate should have responded part, part two. two, actually. Now that I'm saying, <laughs> and then they can high five that's saying the title. <laughs> um... Nate orders everyone in the suite to uh, give them a moment of privacy, and they all leave. But where do they all go? Like, did this whole party just like pile into the kitchen or something? I think they're all under the couch. 
Oh, yes. I did see some people crouching down. You see, see a bunch of eyeballs. <laughs> uh, Trip is nearly in tears asking Grandfather how he could do this. And, uh, you know, he says, he's like, you didn't actually believe I could win. But and Trip didn't even believe he could actually win himself. So, like, not, I'm not right. saying much. And Grandfather calmly tells Trip that he had his doubts, but he didn't do this. Like, Trip looks like he's about to hit him. Like, he gets in his face. He tells Grandfather that if he doesn't go out there and take responsibility for what happened, then Trip will by stepping out of the race. And William doesn't back down. He tells him he's not going to come clean for something he didn't do. Even when Nate says, oh, come on, Grandfather. It's time to come clean. Which, I, take a drink every time someone says Grandfather. Like, <laughs> you'd be you'd be dead at this point. It's insane. And they stick to it every, like, they call him Grandfather every time. Never Grandpa, never Pappy. It is always the full formal Grandfather. Um... Did you believe Grandfather here that he had nothing to do with it at this point? Um, well, I, you know, I see where the mix-up was, too, because I, I forget sometimes I do get a different version of the episode because they kept calling him Pappy right. Part 2 the whole episode in my, my Pappy version. Pappy Part 2. <laughs> yeah. So I think that might, must have been the disconnect. Yeah, that makes sense. Now I, now I understand how, how you were so confused the whole time. <laughs> no, yeah, I did believe him. I don't know why because, like they said earlier in the episode, <laughs> you have no, no one should ever believe uh grandfather part two with what he says. Yeah. he's got no he's got no credentials <laughs> at this point so i don't i have no idea what he pulled on me to have me to believe him i also in this scene watching trip i'm like why is this guy so like he, he just seems like he is too morally well off to he, it's too good to be true in a way and i, I guess right. the, the episode ends and we find out that he does have some sort of flaw even though he didn't really do anything yet but the <laughs> gossip girl herself kind of alludes to something yeah. happening in the future so he, yeah. every, every no, no politician can be this can be this good. Yeah, he still has to. He still probably has a thing for eighteen year old uh, girls. Definitely, <laughs> and uh, we may or may not explore in future episodes. Uh, so Pappy Part Two gives his word that he didn't do this, and Trip speaks for himself and Nate and tells uh, Grandfather that his words means nothing to them. So Trip puts his money where his mouth is, tells Nate to gather the press. He's going to officially withdraw. He just has to tell Maureen first, and yeah. For Trip, I guess. Uh, I don't know why Nate has so much responsibility in this campaign. He's now responsible for gathering the press. Like th this poor kid has so much on his plate. He's he's up for it though. He he's down to do whatever job he needs to do. And once Trip leaves, Vanessa wanders in, and Nate crosses his arms and does the classic Archibald pout. I love that he's been bringing this back the last uh, last few weeks. And so Vanessa gets right back on her high horse and asks Nate what happened to him. The guy she called her friend had a moral compass. And once again. I don't like Nate going down this path any more than the next guy, but what is Vanessa's endgame? Like, letting the right-wing nutjobs win? Like, now is not the time to make your point, Vanessa. She, Vanessa loves nothing more than, like, almost fucking over her quote-unquote best friends and then blaming them for it. Like, she she yes. loves doing this this season. <laughs> That's her thing. That's her big thing. It's like, I don't know what happened oh, to you. Like, you, you've changed. Like, no, you just, no, no. You just almost, like, ruined what I'm doing right now. <laughs> So, uh, Brandeis holding court at the bar. Serena comes over to introduce herself to Brandeis and the congressman she's talking to. And the congressman asks Serena if she's also a student, but Serena says no, she's just a regular old working girl. And there's nothing more that Serena likes than uh, playing a character. So she she's uh, <laughs> in her element now. Yeah, she can the use congressman, an accent here. Yeah. I thought she was using an accent at first, but may maybe she wasn't. Uh, the congressman has no shame. Asks Serena if, if she and Brandeis work together. And Brandeis pulls Serena aside and asks her if the agency sent her because she thought she was working this party alone. And now Serena has all the information she needs. Um, side note, I guess Brandeis and this congressman both don't know who Serena Vanderwoodson is. They really uh, toggle with how famous Serena is from week to week. Like some weeks, mm -hmm. everyone knows who this is. This week, people are mistaking her for uh, a call girl. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the thing is I was like, do they not recognize her or do they think that Van- Serena Vanderwoodson <laughs> is a call girl? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is going on? Like, oh, we heard she was uh, She must have got she fired from that. the PR job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, so, even like not everyone knows the most famous person in the world either. Because there's some randos like, that are not going to know who someone super famous is, even like Olivia Burke. Yeah, Brand- Brandeis and Congressman Proctor both don't know who that's that is. It. So. Chuck is doing an interview. He's trying to answer questions about the Vanderbilt scandal, but Patrick is once again in his underwear and just walking around. And th- so Chuck has really become interview. like the, the father of this friend group. What is going on? He, I don't yeah, know. he is the one that has it all together. He's like giving everyone, like giving everyone, like talks, like uh, like has the common sense to like you know, lead this interviewer away as uh, security removes Patrick and instructs him to put his pants on. So while he's doing this, Serena confronts Blair again, and she tells Blair that security throughout her friend and Blair can't believe it uh, even though Serena informs Blair that uh, Brandeis was an escort and Blair tells Serena that no 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 Brandeis is not a call girl she's a psych major which famously those two are mutually exclusive <laughs> I guess so, um, Blair doesn't believe Serena thinks she's just trying to get back at her and Serena says she's actually just looking out for Chuck and Nate so throws it right back at Blair and she says she doubts Chuck would want a prostitute at his hotel especially at this party so first of all Bad look on Serena, throwing around like rude terms like prostitute and hooker yeah. instead of uh, referring to Brandeis as a sex worker. I guess that uh, that terminology hadn't entered the lexicon yet in 2009, maybe. Not at all. But it, it, even besides that, Serena, very judgy and just like shaming about sex workers overall I know, in the episode. Everybody in this episode. Yeah, and and lastly, if I know Chuck like I think I do, I think he would be thrilled to have uh, high end call girls at, at his right. party, even this one. Yeah, I think, I think he would. I'm, I'm, uh, maybe maybe right now he's still trying to show faith as like a successful businessman and, and like I said, being the father of the friend group. But otherwise, if, if nobody really knew what what yeah. she did, then he'd, he'd be fine with it. He'd be happy to have her. It's not like the congressmen are complaining. That's true. I refuse to believe that Brandeis is the only sex worker at this party. That's also <laughs> yeah, a good point. No. Agency told her she was working this party alone, so got to take their word for it. Um, <laughs> Blair tells Serena that Patrick was about to cause a scene and that she was just protecting everyone. And again, even though they're both being petty here, I still think Blair has the better case. Patrick was actually making a scene, whereas, like I said, people were loving that Brandeis was there. Everyone was lining right. up to talk to her. They couldn't get enough of Brandeis. That's what these creepy politicians need. They need someone like her around. Yeah, exactly. So Chuck comes over. Uh, Pop- Papa Chuck comes over to break <laughs> up the squabble. Uh, security's already told him about the car- call girl that got kicked out. And like I said, he doesn't seem that mad about it. He even says he'll find her and get to the bottom of it. But uh, Blair yeah, asks... that's what he's going to do when he finds the call yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah. I'll get to the bottom of it. Don't, don't worry. The bottom of her. <laughs> So uh, Blair asks Serena, who's the one here getting paid to date her clients anyway? And I mean, not the worst point. Like, I, I don't love that Blair gets just as judgy and starts shaming sex right. work as well. But it really is something coming from Serena, Serena, who was literally getting paid to date Patrick to, like, shame other people. Yeah, I feel bad for Serena's character, just like that she's always the one that's getting thrown to being like, all right, you're like the slut of the show. Or you're just the person who can't find a real job of the show and you don't have any purpose ever. You're just a mess. And it's like... I just I felt for, felt bad purpose. for her, yeah. I mean, they all have their thing. Blair's the person that can't make any friends, so I guess. Right, not, but I, 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 no, no one really calls her out on it. I guess I guess Serena does, but everyone calls Serena out for all the shit that she does. And yeah. Yeah, she, I just she just gets bullied a little bit. Oh uh, yeah, I feel like Serena. it's deserved usually. It usually is. But in, in this sense, I just couldn't take it anywhere. <laughs> Friends finally taking a stand. Um, so. After uh, telling Serena, you know, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, she dramatically ends the conversation by saying, come on, Chuck, I want some cake. Almost like daring Serena to do what she does. And <laughs> Serena waits a second and then pushes Blair face first into the cake, 
I've got to be honest, this saved the episode for me. I, yeah, I was good. so mad at so many aspects of this episode, but this is honestly like a top five moment of the show so far. Like I, I knew this happened at some point, but I forgot it was, <laughs> it was in this episode. And I, I gasped when it happened. Like, this is so <laughs> amazing. Iconic moment of television. Blair gets up and looks like a clown. And I, I'm surprised she didn't throw a punch at Serena. Like I know she face first into, in the middle of the event. Threw a face first into a cake. I liked it a lot. And it perfectly sticks to her. I uh, loved it. I was very happy. You see the highlight that, of the episode. That's Blair being a good friend, not making a bigger scene at this party because Honestly, I'm throwing yeah. cake back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that's not where it went. I know. <laughs> it, it could have it's been like I'm trying oh, to be a food, legitimate businessman and there's a yeah, there's a food fight going on yeah. here. So it uh tells Trip to let him go first. And Nate just walks up to the abandoned podium and starts getting the crowd's attention and Vanessa starts filming because she's a fucking menace. But Nate introduces himself as Trip's cousin and addresses what happened this morning at the Hudson River and he says <clears throat> It saddens me to tell you all that the story about it being a hoax it is true. We get a collective guess from the audience. However, my cousin, Trip Vanderbilt, had no knowledge of any kind of setup. My cousin is not only the most moral, honest, and courageous guy I know, he's also the hottest member of the family and of this show, and he's still a hero. <laughs> and how do I know this? And then he takes the most dramatic pause and says, because I'm the one who set it up. And we get another even bigger collective guess from the audience as Nate looks on, oh! Vanessa's stunned, grandfather's glaring at him like, before I get into what you guys think about the move from Nate, uh, we discussed this last year uh, or last season when Nate did uh, kind of like a, a speech as well. But I have to point it out again what an absolute natural speech giver and writer this guy is. Nate had no time to prepare this statement. This was off the dome. And Nate, Nate is an idiot. We all know this. But he has truly found his calling. No one can work a room and deliver a speech like this guy. The pauses, the buildup. It, it really wasn't <laughs> he really does. Yeah, who, who knew? Okay. I, I mean, we, I guess we knew. But I, the one – I'll give him one, uh, one point, Doc, here for – Hand movement, I, d I didn't love it in this scene. It was a little all over the place. Okay. Um, very like, overly Italian, sort of. You know, <laughs> this is an anti-Italian pod, of course. Of, of course. Um, <laughs> I, I think he could have done a little bit better with it, with his with his uh, his waving. Right, he'll improve in the future. Yeah. He's still young. <laughs> completely off, off topic, but yeah. <laughs> now that you know that Nate didn't actually take the fall for it, and then this is just a lie that he's telling. What do you think of Nate's big? That's good. I mean, he he's always able to think on his feet. Whenever maybe this is his calling because he's able to really, you know, be on his toes here and do what needs to happen right in the moment. Like you said, with with no script, no nothing, he just does this all on his own. Is able to deliver a really impactful speech off the top of his head. And I don't think he would be able to do this. I, I don't think he would be able to pass a single test in school. So maybe he's he's right <laughs> in just following the family business. Uh, Scally, do you agree with our, our praise for this play from Nate here? Yeah, people with this much money can clean things up later. <laughs> like, right. take yeah. the fall now. Trip needs trip needs to come off clean right now. We can fix your problems later. Exactly. Like, by the time Nate runs for uh, Congress when he's 26, like, no one will even know this ever happened. Yeah, you can buy the tapes off Vanessa by that point. <laughs> <laughs> so, Maybe he should run, too, because we, we're lacking right now, so, like, just public figures that can speak well and i think i think nate could um maybe be a better, better public speaker than our last two like current president and last president he, he would do a great <laughs> <Yeah>. job <laughs> probably uh the, the problem is nate is still 18 so he can't he can't run just yet but yeah uh well he, he can hopefully start working his way up in like 10 years yeah hopefully at some point uh so chuck asks serena what the hell is wrong with her and serena just answers right now thirst i need a drink which i, I do like this line from serena it sounded like something uh her mother lily would say this made this no situation. sense so imagine someone asks you what's wrong what's the matter you say thirst you just yell thirst <laughs> so at them funny. thirst thirst right now thirst is the matter i need a drink i love it 
<laughs> it's so funny to me. Um, Chuck talks some sense into Serena and tells her that the reason Blair attacked her is because uh, she misses her. I thought he was going to say because she's in love with you. I was like, don't you see? It's because she's in love with you. But no, it's <laughs> I'm just done standing between her. the two of you. <laughs> he says, don't tell me after 18 years you can't read Waldorf subtext. I'd like to think that uh, at this point we are experts in that field of reading the Waldorf subtext. I, I think, think that, so, yeah. Uh, you could definitely do it, yeah. Um, Serena it's has not that a- subtle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's it, it's mostly text, but not a lot of subtext with Blair. Um, Serena has a good point that Blair should just grow up and tell her that, but uh, Chuck is able to easily rebut that point by saying uh, that's coming from someone who just pushed their best friend into a cage. <laughs> you can't tell someone to grow up after you yeah. just push them into a cage. Perfect time because like, I thought, like, oh, you know, good, good point, Serena. And then Chuck says, yeah. like, better point, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, and Serena finally doesn't have a response, so Chuck keeps going. Uh, like you said, cannot believe that uh, Father Chuck has become the voice of reason on this show. But he tells Serena that they're not kids anymore, so they can't just say they hate each other and then make up an hour later on the Met steps. And then he closes it out by telling Serena, if she's not careful, she's going to be telling people about Blair Waldorf, the girl who used to be her best friend. And he uh, uh, drops the mic and walks off. An, an effective little uh, closing closing number to his speech as well. It is so funny just to think of all these characters in this event. They ask his children, like, one's running around pissing the plants. The other two are fighting and pushing <laughs> each other in cakes. <laughs> And he just has to <laughs> sit them all down, tell them to shut up and be friends again. It's the most believable point that these that these eighteen year olds would be doing that. Right. So Olivia comes to the loft, tells Dan she's sorry about Fallon. Um and you know She's explaining herself. She's saying uh, this one time she wanted to go off script uh, and be herself, but she bombed. Uh, again, she should probably just stay on script next time. Yeah. But let her publishers write out her anecdote for her uh, or her publicist. Uh, Dan is in good spirits and is reassuring her that it was funny. Very nice of him to lie to her like that. Um, so Olivia just keeps apologizing and Dan stops her and tells her that Fallon was right. And he reveals that he has a romantic dinner set up. More candles from Dan. And also he reveals that the spider story wasn't even true. He was actually so nervous on their first date that he was sweating through his shirt. So he kept going to use the hand dryer. And uh, I, I don't know. Is, is that better or worse than the spider story? Like, I don't, I don't even know why he, he thought, like, lying about a spider w- would be better than that. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's probably more embarrassing. But my thing is... Dan was not mad. Then why did he storm out of the <laughs> penthouse? Well, he does say he does say uh, he says he rushed out of Scrabble because he heard on Fallon that Olivia mentioned that it was their one month anniversary and he like hadn't gotten anything mm. together. He's like, yeah, I'm usually so much better than. But when I heard that was it was our one month anniversary, I, I knew I had to get this uh, c- candlelit dinner for you. There so we go. A-, a classic, yeah, miscommunication. Right. There. Uh, um, then like, he's telling the story. Olivia starts laughing, and he's like, oh, this isn't funny. Don't laugh. Which, again, kind of a cute moment. Like, I, I do still like all cute. the cute moments here, even though the story itself doesn't make any sense. Their chemistry is undeniable. It, what I don't understand is why isn't Serena working for Olivia as her publicist right now? All she talks about is how much she hates her publicist, and Serena hates her job. <laughs> and I think she works for the same company as Olivia's publicist. So why can't... Seems like an easy fix. Easy, I don't know. Seems like an easy fix to me. I don't know. <laughs> just, just spitballing here. <laughs> I guess it... Actually, like, I'm not going to say, like, this works, but, like, it, it's better that uh, the the Fallon interview was something so stupid because it does have to be something where Dan is like, yeah, of course I'm not right. mad at you because for, that was for fine. saying that, yeah. for telling that story. Why would anyone get mad at you? But I still feel like they could have come they up with something, something better. better yeah. But yeah, you're right. It, it did have to be something that would set up for Dan to not be mad and it would set up some sort of misunderstanding for the viewers so we could have to reveal that he was happy all along and just wanted to put out a just wanted to set his room on fire with the candles again yeah exactly yeah bathroom boy clear the way <laughs> <laughs> naked and nasty in the stall um, 
Back to New York 1. The congressional election couldn't be any closer. Nate's watching by himself until Trip joins him and thanks Nate for the sacrifice he made. Uh, but Nate was happy to do it because he believes in Trip, and apparently New York does too as they announce that 26-year-old William Vanderbilt III is the winner of the 8th District Congressional Race. Congrats to Chip. Trip, sorry. Misspoke there. Congrats <laughs> to Trip. Um, so Nate, Nate, just, Nate just wants one. Okay. You're not going to edit that out for me? Wow. No. Um, so, Especially not now. Uh, Nate just wants. Called attention to it. <laughs> Nate just wants one favor from Trip to be the best congressman the district has ever seen. After all, he's the only honest man in the family. Mm. So, also kind of cute how much Nate loves his cousin all of a sudden. Like, they share a hug. And Nate congratulates him before leaving, uh, but not before Nate. Uh, or Trip stares at Nate with like a deranged look in his eye and is like, I promise, one day I will make things right. This is the beginning of the new Vanderbilt dynasty, one that we can be proud of. It's like, all right, you don't need to scare me a little bit. You don't need to be that intense about it. You know, they, they, they called him honest like 40 times in this episode, which made me even more skeptical about it. Yeah, I was skeptical too, even though I knew what happened. Like, yeah. like okay, we get it. This guy's honest, the, the most geez, honest person right. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, Blair is still getting cake out of her hair, and Serena comes up and finally does apologize, but again, not without telling Blair that she's also at fault for not coming to her. <laughs> she really does her have to work move. on her apologies here. Um, <laughs> Blair tells Serena she actually feels sorry for her because she's so deep in Serena world, she can't even recognize what's really going on. And she says, throughout all my years with Nate, my whole life really, you've always been number one. And now for the first time, things are different. I'm different. I have college and a real relationship. I'm starting to build a life for myself. And Serena says that she's also building a life for herself, but Blair's like, Carter, with your job as assistant to the publicist who pays you to date a movie star? Like, oh, ouch. That, she, right. She, uh, she, she calls out that uh, Serena is drifting away from Dan and her family, and her oldest friend Nate has also turned on her, which this gets serious all of a sudden as Blair's like, the night is finally over, and as far as I'm concerned, so are we. Like, I mean, Why? it starts, it starts, <laughs> off, starts off at a point that we've been there before. You know, throughout yeah. all my years, you've always been number one. Uh, like the whole Serena being number one thing certainly isn't new. We've done this before, but to get all the way to this point, it just seems like it comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I guess, how I guess... exactly did we get to this friendship breakup? How does she pivot from you're number one to now it's like I'm building a life for myself and you're not? Like, where where was the leap? I, yeah, I, I don't within understand. this conversation itself, there, there is no reason for that at all. But I guess just as far as the show itself goes, they just figure we've done this too many times where we need to heighten it somehow. So let's just at the end make them. Look they like fail they're at that. Like, yeah, up. yeah. They fail at like giving us a reason for that, but yeah, I don't like. It, it is so important that uh, Serena apparently doesn't have her life figured out that Blair has to end the friendship. Like, I I don't understand where <laughs> this is coming from. Yeah, I'm doing really well. I'm in college, uh, <laughs> and you have a job. So, I, I get her. Her job is shitty, but I, I, I. This is another point where I feel really bad for Serena, just like her being called out in every aspect of her life, and like she is <laughs> perpetually. Uh, just spiraling Ouch, why do, apparently why'd you have to bring carter into this jeez yeah we haven't seen him either like I, that's another thing with, with this episode i'm like where's he been and like and now she's gonna fuck the car working on the oil rig oh right 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 that's true we, we did talk to spell about that but he, he for how long I, until he pays off his debt <laughs> i don't think going right serena, away could take 20 according to serena could take 20 years <laughs> so they're, <laughs> they're just dating until he's done with that <laughs> i guess <laughs> Serena say she would wait for him? I don't think so. All right. Yeah, so you know, I, I guess Blair's right. <laughs> Her life is in shambles. <laughs> it's, 
So Brandeis is collecting payments from the congressman, and Blair apologizes. Says, yeah, it's so crazy that what Serena's been saying about her. Uh, but Brandeis tells her it's not that crazy because it's true, and Blair just screams, ew, right in her face. Yet another bad luck from, from someone. Uh, but... <laughs> but, but good for Brandeis for just being, like, for owning it. And just oh, like, yeah. yeah, that's what I do. Like, yeah, who cares? At, at least in the context of the show, like, the show gives Brandeis the last laugh here, so that's good, at least, that, uh, you know, she asks Brandeis if she even goes to NYU, and Brandeis is like, yeah, actually, sex workers can also be smart. Like, ask me anything. I know everything about psychology. Right. And so she tells Blair she's still the same person. This is how, this is how she pays for college and couture. So... Like I said, show is kind of giving Brandeis the last laugh here, and I, I bet she's plenty smarter than Blair. Like she, she knows her stuff. Freud, uh, the other two names that she said, Skinner was one of them. Right. Uh, the third one. It's so, mentioning that the three most popular psych names. Yeah, <laughs> Blair's like, I'll have to run it by my people. I, I, I don't know who she's referring to, but uh, I would still love to like go shopping with you sometime, maybe. Right. And Brandeis says absolutely, but right now she has a job, so. That moment, at this exact moment, it was ve- relatively easy to win Blair back over, at least. But then. Blair finds out that uh, she was just being used by Brandeis to get new clients, and Blair's like, that's it, we're not friends again. I, why is Blair so mad at that? I don't know. You think that she would respect that? Yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the thing is, though, where Blair says, ew, I feel like that would be her reaction to hearing that people had almost any job. So <laughs> right. uh, I don't know if it's job-specific here. Sex work, working on an oil rig, it's all the same to Blair. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> all the same out of dirty working, like, it's An assistant to the publicist, like, all of it is the same to Blair. So... Serena is taking care of Patrick. Uh, Patrick wants to go to the bar with her, and Serena says no, but Patrick will not take no for an answer and tells Serena that he can't be seen without her because she's his girlfriend. You know, couples famously spend every second of their lives with each other. But uh, also, as you mentioned earlier, Brendan, he's being way too handsy here, and that is the final straw for Serena as she writes on Patrick with some Sharpie, Casey, I quit. And uh, again, it's about time she quit this job that she does not need. And I, I mean, I guess to uh, to Casey's credit, she did warn Serena about that second date. Or is this their first date? Is this was this the first time they they did something? Maybe, I guess, I guess so. Serena didn't even make it. She didn't even make it to the second date. Yeah. Like she couldn't even make it. Yeah, what would that look date, like? I guess. And at this moment, Blair comes outside, and they stare longingly into each other's eyes from across the street. And you think this is going to be it? Like, okay, they're over it. They they made it. They made a mistake. Or you think Serena's maybe going to get hit by a bus? <laughs> it's all on the table. Serena, and that's how Serena died. <laughs> <laughs> so. Maureen, Maureen sits next to Grandfather, and she tells him that she thinks Nate, Nathaniel was brilliant tonight, but William thinks that he was foolish. Maureen tells William, this couldn't have worked out any better if it was planned, as Extreme Ways starts playing in the background, and we get a reveal that Maureen was behind this the whole time. So William actually did not have anything to do with this, and he is shocked that Maureen was behind it. This is <gasps> my... Was that your gasp, Brendan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this moment. Maureen starts her villain monologue. All this time, you thought the only thing I was capable of was holding his hand and smiling on the sidelines. But William interrupts her to say, to be honest, my dear, I never really spent that much time thinking about you. And this is, might be my actual check of the episode. And then he does go, you just got grandfathered, part two. Boom. Rusted. <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> you got grandfathered, part two. <laughs> That's good. Um, so uh, Maureen's husband is a congressman and thanks to Vanessa's camera grandfather is out of their lives for good but grandmother says he's not just going to stand aside and let this happen he's going to tell Trip the truth but Maureen just straight up tells him that Trip will believe her over him which at this point is correct and that's that's grandfather's own fault for having such like oh, yeah. a bad reputation within the family um, 
for Maureen, I guess, although I don't understand what she actually gets from this, from getting Grandfather out of the way here, or why she even hates him that much to begin with. Uh, but she did ultimately win. Like, she her, she executed her plan perfectly, and everything that the, she thought was going to happen actually did happen. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing, is it's like, okay, you are now the wife of a congressman, but maybe out of the will? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, congrats. You have a trip all to yourself now. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> is grandfather really getting that much in the way of her? Like, what was she trying to do? That grandfather was like, oh, step aside. You're just a, a pretty face that is sitting on the sideline. Like, I, I, <laughs> I don't know where this came from, but okay. Good for you, Maureen. Um, so... Claire is laying in Chuck's bed. Chuck comes in, gets into bed with her as uh, another another great uh, Josh Schwartz song choice here. I See You by Micah starts playing. Big fan of this song. Uh, and Chuck you know, cuddles with Blair as if she found Brandeis. And Blair tells him that they are not friends anymore. Uh, which, damn, man, she really pulled the trigger too soon on ending that friendship, I think. I feel like they could have worked past this. Especially when you just lost your best friend. You could you yeah. lose somebody. Well, she says all she needs is Chuck. Yeah, this is why herself. Blair has no friends. Yeah. Exactly. She's she's so quick on that trigger finger to just let people go for any reason. Um, Vanessa is watching her own footage on New York One's website with the big uh, <laughs> courtesy of Vanessa Abrams uh, taking up half the screen. Uh, she's just shaking her head at it. I don't know exactly what's going on there. Uh, a little bit of a montage here. Dan and Olivia watching more Fallon. Olivia has already gotten another appearance on the show. I, that like, was I thought the, this was the same episode thing. at first. This is so funny. No, because Jimmy is saying that the last time... Last time she was here, he was a little hard on her boyfriend. It is insane that Olivia would book appearances <laughs> on Fallon week? within a few days of each other. <laughs> <laughs> she, she has a regular guest spot, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> she's she truly the I, Alec Baldwin to SNL for Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> and this time, Fallon, like, is she co-hosting for the week? What is happening? And this time, Fallon mentions. Olivia week here, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> she mentions him by name and shows him a happy anniversary cake. He's like, "This one's for you, Dan." I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> So stupid. Owing a cake I can't eat does me no good. <laughs> I'm not happy yeah, about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like Olivia must have went up to Fallon and been like, "Listen, I need you need to put me on the show. Bump whoever you have tomorrow. I need to come back. My my boyfriend did not like that 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 anecdote. I told you you have to make this right, Jimmy. I forgot that Dan is a pie guy. He was so he was fuming when he saw the fucking cake. <laughs> so, uh, Blair and Chuck cuddle throughout the night, and I couldn't be happier for them, at least. At least something's going right in Blair's world. And, uh, you know, we just need that same moment, but for Blair and Serena, I think. Hopefully the two of them can start yeah, cuddling next week. So. And, and I, almost, I almost took the Chuck and her moment as a little bit of like a sad moment, just because she's trying to pretend like Chuck is all uh, she needs, and like that's not really a sure thing. And to me, at this point in their lives, friendships seem more certain and cemented than any relationship. Sure, sure. Um, well, hopefully they can work things they out will, next week. They will, they will. Yeah, you never know. Uh, speaking of Serena, she's alone at the bar, and Trip comes in and sits next to her. Uh, she congrats- congratulates him, asks where Maureen is. And Maureen's like dancing on Grandpa's grave upstairs, like bragging about how how uh, <laughs> how great her plan was. Um, he was looking for, her, but then he realized this might be his last private moment for a while. So Serena goes to leave, but he asks her to stay. He would love to have someone to sit with and not talk about politics or anything. And asks Serena what's wrong, and he wants her problem to be the first thing he addresses as a congressman. Um, very flirty. What kind of history did these two have? Like, they seem close right off the bat. I think their history is that scene from earlier where he kind of <laughs> where, helps her get into the inv- party. Where she where she voted. She says, I voted for you. And Tripp's right. like, oh, so you're saying I have a chance. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, 
That's what I mean. Yeah, like so, again, they, they're just throwing Serena into like, all right, you you bang every guy that we introduce on the show. Yeah, it's so annoying. Everyone Serena talks to, she has to have a fling with. Like, and nothing's happened yet. Nothing to be to be fair. Right. Um, so this sounds serious. So Trip orders a drink, and uh, so does Serena. And like I said, so what is going on with these two? Because as Gossip Girl is closing out the episode, she talks about crossing lines that you can't come back from. It feels like clearly alluding to uh, whatever these two may be up to. Uh, So that is the end of the episode. Do you have any predictions? It feels like Serena is finding her old annoying self again. Right. I mean, but he he doesn't even seem that trip. He doesn't seem very sinister when he's talking to her. No, he doesn't. It's it's more just like we haven't had Gossip Girl be this... Uh, like foreshadowing at all. Like this is this is kind of crazy that she she's straight up not, telling yeah. you what's going to happen. So like just not for Gossip Girl being like, oh, watch out for these two. Like I would not think you, anything. You would maybe think a little problem. bit of it, just like oh, that's yeah, I wonder if that could happen. But like she's yeah. almost confirming it's happening. Um, what else? Are the Vanderbilts going to have a more prominent role now that they're uh, Nate's? I mean, pretty much like his he uh, he. We are, we are assuming that he still goes to class at Columbia, but it seems like his full time job is working with a uh, grandfather and cousin Trip. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was more focusing on grandfather and Maureen. I think they're gonna have a fling now. It's probably oh, what's gonna, gonna happen have a next. Fling. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of the natural way of things. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, Fallon can't break up Dan and Olivia. Then what possibly can? Do you think Dan and Olivia are endgame? Can you finally admit that Hillary Duff will be on the rest of this show? Well, I think what's gonna happen next too is that Dan's gonna have an appearance on Fallon and say something stupid uh, on his <laughs> interview. It's gonna be the same episode, just reversed, <laughs> reverse roles. <laughs> I want to see Dan get on Fallon. That'd be fun. <laughs> Dan, no, I want to see uh, D- Dan does a uh, Dan does carpool karaoke on James Corden next week. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, uh, Please, is he the only thing working know, what on hot songs? <laughs> yeah, Rufus. Yeah, we're mapping out next week. So Dan gets invited. Rufus is telling him this is the perfect opportunity to get Lincoln Hawk yeah. back back in the zeitgeist. You have to sing Lincoln Hawk songs, and that is the big uh, scheme of the episode. I, I imagine like this is just the two that James Corden and Dan sing in the car, and then you cut away for a minute, like to, to focus in on like James Corden. You cut back to like the back of the car. Then Rufus is in the back singing along and playing guitar with them both. <laughs> Uh, this is good. I like this. Yeah, it's good. Who yeah. else, who Vanessa else was hired as the camera person, and she's only using her little <laughs> shit camcorder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On Carpool Karaoke, it says, footage courtesy of <laughs> Vanessa Avery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week, um, Eric is also sick. Actually, you know what? Okay. That could happen. Uh-huh. Next week, everyone could be sick. The whole family is like, oh, man, if we, Eric shit, is we shouldn't sick. play Scrabble with everybody. We're all like dying. <laughs> Eric is sick. He's not on the show. <laughs> like, that's right, what's yeah. happening. Eric got sick and died. Eric is sick, it is, the show. Yeah, it's just an aside to explain his absence. He did right. not even get an, an absence explanation in this one. Um, <laughs> do you think Blair and Serena will make up by next episode? Um, I don't think next episode. I think maybe give it give it another one after that. All right. What about Brandeis? Have we seen the last of her? Or is she going to yeah, factor done. in? She's done. Hope not. I, I don't remember to be honest, but I hope she's back. I, I like Brandeis. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into some segments here. Let's go to my first one. Uh, I mean, my, my favorite one, of course, uh, user review of the week. And, you know, all of season three, it's literally just been our friend Lexi and uh, comedy fan. Wait, so is this your reviews. favorite? And then Lonely Boys Theater is everyone's favorite? That's correct. So you're not included in that everyone? No, that's It's actually that's your correct. least favorite. You right, I hate Lonely Boys Theater. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm just glad you're paying attention sure, to what sure. I'm saying. Yeah, it took me a while. <laughs> um, so comedy fan gave this episode an 8 out of 10 and says... The campaign story was interesting. I'm kind of mad at Vanessa for doing what she did. Friends should be more important. She's a bit annoying with her high morality self. 
but one can't blame her. Her parents are even worse. It did end well, anyways. The fight between Serena and Blair was also good to watch. Looks like this time it will take longer. Blair isn't right, though, that Serena wasn't working on a life for herself. Setting a foot into publicity industry could result in a great career. They will be friends soon. Until then, I would love to see Blair hanging out with her escort friend. Bet you would, comedy fan. I bet you would. I'm glad they mentioned her parents even an episode without them. Yeah. Even though we've never met her dad, Arlo, famously. (laughs) He's currently still in the cage. (laughs) Uh, A very Mr. Brightside episode, that was. Um, (laughs) Next week, the episode is called They Shoot the Humphreys, Don't They? Do you have any predictions based on the episode title? Mm -hmm. Maybe someone tries to assassinate Trip. He's not a Humphrey, though. I don't know. Oh, oh maybe, 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 I don't know. Somebody's maybe he assassinates the Humphrey. Yeah. <laughs> um, the little blurb says, Jenny wants to be the ultimate queen bee. Oh, yeah, we're back. I thought she was the ultimate queen yeah, bee. Let's... Is she going up against, like, other queen bees from other schools? And one of them is going to be yeah. ultimate queen bee? I don't it know how this a works. spelling bee episode. Oh, she wants to be the ultimate queen spelling yeah. bee. Yeah. So, I, the episode grade... Uh, transition into episode grades that's what we're doing now okay i went first last week you can go first this week brendan what is your grade for this episode hmm. this is a tough one um <laughs> i feel like i didn't really enjoy it all that much and <laughs> the stuff that i did like was mostly just chuck who wasn't even a big part of this episode um but everyone was kind of a mess um no one was that great no one was that bad the dan stuff was kind of weird but I didn't hate it either because, like we said, Dan and Olivia is like it's a kind of a cute couple. But I feel like we we have done better things with them. Uh, so I never like seeing Serena and Blair fight either. Although the cake thing was amazing, so I, if if we're gonna have to get some fighting between the two of them just to get that cake scene, I'm also I guess I'm in favor of that. But overall, just kind of boring. I really don't care about the politics stuff at all. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so I'm I'm not gonna pretend to enjoy that. So I'm gonna give this like kind of just like a down the middle C. Okay. Uh, Scally, do you want to go next? Oh, uh, either way. Ellie, you can go next. All right, let's go next. Um, I think my review is you can barely get me to care about Nate on this show sometimes. And uh, <laughs> when we're going to focus on the rest of the Vanderbilts as the main story, I think that's generally going to be a weaker episode. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like most of the people that I enjoy are having bad episodes or missing from this. Uh, having Olivia is nice, so it's going to save it from an absolute bottom tier. But not my favorite episode i think i'm gonna go around like a d plus nice. oh man that is uh, yeah that's tough that is tough if it wasn't for the paul i just feel joke, like I might have been down is there, any so. scene longer than three sentences we're jumping around a lot i don't feel like i get to live in any scene for oh, that's uh, a good point too extended period either it's true um god no idea what to give this it, it's all over the place i i actually i hated it the first time i watched it but i actually liked it a lot more on the rewatch for whatever reason than i did the first time watching you guys both didn't like the Vanderbilt storyline. I feel like it's the best storyline of the episode. It's my favorite part of the episode. It's it's the only storyline that that makes sense. It's a low to me. bar. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it is the only storyline that actually makes sense. I, I think it has it is an actual story that I can follow from beginning to end. Uh, other than why is Vanessa making this documentary in the first place? Okay, that's a bit contrived, but uh, it's it's a decent political thriller. Has the nice Maureen twist at the end, even though we don't really care about Maureen. But as far as the story goes, I was able to follow it. Um, the Dan and Olivia storyline is pretty stupid. It doesn't make a ton of sense, but at least it's something new. It, it is some cute Dan and Olivia moments and uh, Humphrey family game night moments. But, uh, you know, I should probably dock points because we did have to see Fallon. But it That's definitely probable. is a plot we we haven't seen before. We haven't done the uh, Dan's girlfriend is on Fallon and may have said something that he didn't like. Right. Uh, unlike the Blair and Serena of it all, where we've seen these two go at it 
Um, and this plotline makes even less sense. Uh, I don't love when they fight, but I, I am fine with it if it's entertaining. But they, like I said earlier, it doesn't raise the stakes at all. It seems like it gets so serious out of nowhere. And I also think that the uh, the scheming and the going back and forth works much better like in a high school or a college setting, more so than it does at like a big political event. But on the other hand, Serena does throw Blair into a cake. And I, I, I still, I don't know. I feel like I would rather watch this week's episode than last week's, which makes me think I may have rated last week's episode too high, but there's no going back now. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I need to stop caring about whether an episode makes sense or not, because a lot of times <laughs> it's not going to make sense. I right. should just care about hard. whether I enjoy it. And I did enjoy this episode to an extent. I don't know. I, you know, it, I'm higher on it than, certainly higher on than the D+. I'm higher on it than a C. Uh, even though I gave last week a B- and I liked this more, I'm going to give this a C+. Plus. <laughs> okay, that's, that's fair. <laughs> I, I hope we helped so, drag you down a little bit. I think you might have. I, I might have given it a B plus. But you make good points. That then, when when the best storyline for me is the is the Nate is the Vanderbilt political thriller of it all that says something uh, has gone wrong in the thing. I, I mean, I'd watch it again, which is why I have yeah, it fine. Uh, above just like an average flat C. So I, I will give it the. I, I think the the cake scene definitely helps that to give it a C plus. <laughs> Uh, so I, I will stand with the C plus sure. to, to finally stop talking about it. I was really, I, I think I just started rambling just so I would have more time to think about what I was giving it. Um, that's a good strategy. <laughs> Brendan, no, that's who, me on all podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, who's your, who's your MVP of the episode? MVP. I, I keep mentioning him and how great he was. Papa Chuck, you get, you get an MVP for me today. <laughs> you, you made do with the little time that you had. And when you were on screen, you were killing it. Um, you were just putting out all the fires, um, uh, much like Patrick was trying to in that uh, that plant. <laughs> yeah. so if that MVP. plant was on fire, he'd be a hero. Yes. <laughs> um, Scally, who's your MVP of the episode? The I thought about Maureen. She had her little Cersei Vander, uh, Cersei Vander, uh, Cersei uh, Lannister moment uh, where she was unmasked as the villain. But I think ultimately. I'm going to go with Brandeis. I feel like yes. nice little fun appearance here. She comes away with some new clients. Uh, I feel like she had a fun little uh, scene. Doesn't ultimately have to stay involved in this group for too much longer, it looks like. So uh, she got away clean. That's very happy with, with some Brandeis love there. For me, yeah. for an episode that is so all over the place, like all over the place, like uh, grading wise, there's actually so many people who I think do deserve an MVP. Um, uh, in the beginning, first half of the episode, I was leaning towards Blair because she was so clearly winning the match between her and Serena, but uh, it's pretty clear that they both end up losing that one, so can't give it to any of them. But as Scali said, Brandeis does ultimately end up being the winner in that storyline, uh, and I. I Big Brandeis guy, so I could see her deserving the MVP. Uh, Dan, I feel like, maybe should also get an honorable mention. He's good in this one. Um, then made his argument for Chuck. And, then, I mean, you could argue the whole Vanderbilt-Archibald family should get one. Like, Chuck win. wins the big yeah. election. Maureen is the one who orchestrated the whole plan, and, and she wins the episode as well. But I'm going to give it to Nate, even though Brendan was confused as to what was going on with Nate all episode. I was not. Uh, he is doing so much for this campaign at only 18 years old. He had no part in the dirty tricks of the election and actually admonished grandfather because he thought he had something to do with it. However, when he is presented with the scandal, he does what he has to do to keep the campaign moving forward and ultimately wins the election for Trip by... Uh, taking all of the blame on himself so uh this also happens like in a matter of a few hours and he's able in such a short period of time to get easily get one over on vanessa and then like i said heroically takes the fall so that trip can win and that speech was fantastic so uh nate is the mvp for me excellent yeah, he definitely deserves that good for him you i, I don't right. i don't uh, i don't enjoy him as political nate but he he definitely does right. deserve that <laughs> all right i'm glad you're on board yeah uh brendan who's your lvp of the episode hmm 
LVP's a tough one. Um, I feel like I, I, you know, it's not tough. Vanessa, this is easy. Whenever, whenever I don't really know, I, I can just like, when in doubt. who's usually the worst? Vanessa. Oh no, she was the worst. Oh good. Perfect. That really fit into place. Um, she, she loves gaslighting all her friends and making them think that, uh, her fucking them over is actually them fucking her over. So I, I don't know where she gets off making all of her friends who don't, don't even, she doesn't, like don't deserve, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't deserve their time um <laughs> you know she just gotta stop i don't know why they keep t- talking to her and giving her these camera jobs truly no one knows yeah. uh scally who is your lvp of the episode right i did think about the actor who did a terrible job drowning um but ultimately <laughs> i'm also going vanessa i mean <laughs> vanessa this is a very serious political election i understand <laughs> these are not even the midterms where we have a second chance like no we are in a one point race <laughs> <laughs> like the Republican candidate winning, we're not messing around here. So Vanessa, automatic LVP here. Yeah, um, I agree with everything you guys said. Vanessa is lucky because I, under normal circumstances, I would easily give her the LVP. But I'm pretty sure this is the only chance I, I can give none other than Jimmy Fallon an LVP. Wow. So I need to take advantage of that. Uh, he's a horrible talk show host and person in real life, and he's a horrible and obnoxious talk show host in this episode as well. So uh, his interview with Olivia Burke is nearly unwatchable, and nothing he says is funny in the slightest. Bathroom boy, check please. Really, come on. So LVP. Yeah, so many opportunities for him to be funny, like especially on his show. I'm sure it's like scripted to some degree, but like. This this episode, he was on a show within a show. Like it was heavily scripted. They, he could have made it funny or delivered it in a better way, it's true, or, or yeah. just like maybe punch it up since he's a literal comedian. And he he's just <laughs> less funny than he is on his own show. And it could have been it could have been like an exaggerated version of his show, which should be funnier than the show itself. So he fucked up in multiple ways. I'm I'm glad I'm glad we're in agreement yet yeah. again. Um, so let's get to everyone's favorite segment, not mine, but everyone's uh, Lonely Boys Theater. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. And for this week, we are going to be doing that scene where Blair first meets Brandeis. And uh, someone's going to have to take on a dual role of both Amalia and Sophie. Who who wants to uh, be all of the minions? Mind doing it. Do it. All right. Scally is going to be the minions. Uh, Brendan, do you want to be Brandeis and I will be Blair? Sure. All right. So... I does everyone have their script in front of them? Got it. Do I do? Right. So I will start off as I am desperately scouring for a friend. Washington Square Park, Bob's Library, Bar None. I even tried spinning the cube at St. Mark's Place, but not a friend in sight. I just thought it wouldn't. I just know that it wouldn't be this hard at Yale. How about that Vanessa girl? Didn't you know her in high school? I've never heard that name before in my life. Feel free to see yourself out. All right, uh, who can I who can I hit on here? Oh my God, how does that girl have the Valentino 360 bag? I'm still waitlisted. Where? Register, quick. How do I look? Superior. One follow me. Love your 360. Thanks, just got it. Very smart to pair it with Peter Som. Mm-hmm. You're good. You know, <laughs> I'm Blair. May I? Oh, please do. When I saw it, it joined my list of Blair's Most Wanted. Oh my, what's that dripping down your leg? <laughs> uh, the bag, I mean, not you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me when I tell you, I don't say this very often, but I think I like you. Mm, give me those peep toes and maybe I'll believe you. Oh man, it's getting, getting hot and heavy in here. <laughs> Sorry, my Alexandra Bermans are sacred. Excuse me, did you just call me heavy? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, amen. I'm just a lover of uh, Christ. I, I just can't, cannot stop chuckling. <laughs> 
Who are you? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're just, I was just admiring your chuckles. Um, by the, oh, some, do you know someone named Chuckles, by the way? I'm Brandeis. <laughs> How would you like to come with me to a fabulous party tonight? <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should have been was... the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but I have the Valentino 360. I'm doing just fine. <laughs> oh, all mine. All right. So that does it for all of our segments here. Uh, the only thing we have left to do is some plugs. But first, Scally, thank you again for, for filling in. You know, you are part of the illustrious Three Timers Club, one of three members, and the only member who has done three episode recaps as your three episodes. Wow. So uh, look, Ooh, look at you go. Oh, is, is there anything one. you would like... Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to plug at this hour? Uh, I would love to uh, plug the Dom and Colin podcast, myself and Matt Ligori, who I mostly just want to beat to the Four Timers Club, um, <laughs> talk about the challenge over there. So, uh, yeah, ton of fun. Challenge has been, I would say, pretty solid this season. It's been uh, over on MTV. Season 38 is even out. So talking about that. Um, and otherwise, anything I'm doing is on Twitter, uh, you know, until that site burns down, um, <laughs> at Brian underscore Scally. Excellent. All right. Yeah, I, you know, pretty good season of the challenge so far. I, I will I will co-sign that. And, of course, great coverage by you and Ligori on, oh. uh, on Dom and Colin. Brendan, what are you plugging this week? What are you plugging? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll plug all of Scally's former appearances on Lonely Boys. Hopefully he does beat Ligori to the Four Timers Club. We're all rooting for that. <laughs> really making enemies this episode. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I will plug... Sam's last episode on the Hobby Boys reviewing Seltzer was uh, was a great time, and um, I think it was a fan favorite for for all to hear. So go go check out Sam on the Hobby Boys. That was a lot of fun. Um, that is Stanish, by the way, because I, I I don't have another friend named Sam. I actually don't know any other Sams besides Mister S. Wow, the only Sam, you know, really? Yeah, and I'm guessing that is something he goes by. By the way, is Mister S. <laughs> Mr. S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so check out Mr. S's appearance of the Hobby Boys. You, you'll love that. He, uh, I guess Mr. S reviews some some S, right? Why do you keep calling him? <laughs> <laughs> S loves S. Um, that's uh, code for Seltzer, by the way. That's all right. I'm done with my vlogs. <laughs> yeah, they call him Mr. S, but not because his name is, is Sam Stanish, because he Mr. loves Seltzer. Seltzer. <laughs> Mr. Seltzer was already taken. Also, I have to quickly plug. Like, I don't want to ruin the whole episode but maybe one of the best jokes in hobby boys <laughs> history was made when he claimed himself to be uh leader of carbonation <laughs> <laughs> that was good yeah really you, good you sp no no reason to even check out the episode now no. because you've spoiled <laughs> That's the best true. <laughs> no i will co-sign that was a great episode always love hearing from sam which is why we also invite him onto this podcast from time to time um it's for me Next Love's the College Girls, coming out season two, November 17th. We'll be a mere six days away when this is uh, released, uh, because this is this episode is being released on November 11th, which uh, is also the day that, that an album is being released. You know, my, my good friend Gabe is in a very good band, a very talented band called Young Culture, and uh, their album, You Had to Be There, is being released uh, this Friday. So when you are oh. listening to this, you will be able to hear it on Spotify and Apple Music and, you know, wherever you, you listen to music. I'm sure it's going to be great all of their music is good love would love listening to it even if gabe wasn't a part of the band so everyone check out young culture's new album you had to be there uh it's all tar today it was good it was it was worth worth the hype that everyone's been giving it good good what else have i watched <laughs> said i think okay good <laughs> so mm -hmm. sex I, I, I did check tomorrow. out um 
the first few episodes of Bad Sisters, and that was very good. Yeah. So I really thought so you were going to say the Saved by the Bell reboot for some no, reason. No, no. I started a few other shows oh, before oh. I got around to, yeah. <laughs> to that. I, I thought that's right. what the Congress people called Blair and Brandeis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the best. Yeah, best. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that spin off. <laughs> um, man, how can we stretch this out so we could get this over two hours? I guess we really Ooh. can at this point. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at MattyFresh24. You can follow Brendan at Ruppy Puppy. You can follow his other podcast, The Hobby Boys, at The Hobby Boys Pod. And you can come back next week where we will be breaking down season three, episode nine. They shoot Humphreys, don't they? But until then, you know you love us. XOXO. Lonely, Lonely boys. boys. Check, please. Lovely. I think that's the new way to end the podcast. Better boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're the way. <laughs> <laughs>